0: has been brought to you by SJP World Media. You were standing in a brilliant light. One minute here, but the next you were gone. I thought you could stay. But I was so wrong The end is here The game is over No more pretending
3: Hey yo, hello, hello, new place. Matty, look at this. This is posh, it? I
4: know. Look at us coming up in the world. New studio, new channel going out in more and more places all over the world. Shocking, yeah, it's live,
3: shocking. mate, live via the SJP World Media Facebook group as well. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, eh? Really? It?
4: Absolutely it is we've uh i mean bef- before we even get into it uh, a massive thanks to everybody uh, uh radio techers uh, d- you they helped us i mean i know i was a massive part of it but they helped us more than we will ever know and definitely gave us the the, the confidence to do this yeah. and go out on our own um but yeah it's exciting times it's almost like a refresh you were saying uh before recording how nervous you were feeling about it yeah i don't get it I, I, um
3: sharon has, has just come home now since i can sat up here with you uh she, she's she's like doing hair and, and and whatnot so it's literally just been me and Charlie in the house. And I said to Charlie, "Oh, I'll send you the link to, to watch the show because it's somewhere different. Normally, Charlie would find it on her own." And then I sent her the link, and I was like, "Jesus, Charlie, I feel, I feel really nervous." And she just kind of laughed she was like yeah stupid fat idiot whatever you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I, I don't know what it is i, I don't know whether it's because it's going on to our facebook now i don't know whether it's literally because it is a step to something different isn't it it's our own our own network yeah. so it is this something, something new, and we all know that i do fear change let's be honest yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't know why we've done what 50 50 odd live shows
4: this is number 50 now yeah. 59 and
3: 90 episodes in total.
4: So, I don't know why I'm
3: so nervous. It's
4: weird. It is weird.
3: What well, a buffoon I am.
4: You are. But the the whole crowd is here. Uh, they've all followed us over to our uh, new home, and we massively, massively appreciate that. So, while you're here, definitely go and give it a like and click on that subscribe and the notification bell so you will never miss uh, an episode of Chain Wrestling here on its new home
3: indeed indeed make sure you do do that and again thank you so much everyone for sort of following us over And i want to echo your sentiments magazine thank you so so much to radio techers and i've just had a notification saying that we've gone live on twitch as well so obviously
4: i didn't fuck that up so that's good news <laughs> <laughs> i mean for context you did nearly fuck it up if i didn't check it because you did yeah. piss around with the times uh we were nearly yeah. going live at 11 o'clock but uh yeah um no no major hiccups on our first day, so yeah.
1: So far, uh, man, impressed be, be Yeah, in, so you know. we are <laughs> There we go. On that note yeah. On that note.
3: afternoon good evening good morning wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from this is chain wrestling live with mags and si an sjp world media production episode 90 10 away from the big triple digits i am (laughs) si and with me as always is the three stages of hell to my three stages of smell depends on what i've eaten and what time of day you catch me ask the wife she'll back me up the armageddon to my bad impression of wah la nah, sound just like your magsy I? Racist, <laughs> racist! <laughs> A podcaster who never makes it to the third fall. Just ask Mrs. Mags, the podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing,
4: sir? I mean, if you ask Mrs. Max, she's, she'll say I've never made it to the first fall. Uh, but yeah, I'm <laughs> uh, doing good. Excited to to uh, be on a new network. Um, glad everyone has, uh, has has been able to join us. Yeah, and it's been a a mad old weekend for the old wrestling, and it? it's been a mm, uh, a very very busy weekend. Yeah, very um,
3: busy indeed.
4: Clash at the Castle, Worlds collard, All Out. Yeah, it's been a hectic weekend
3: it has it has very much a lot of wrestling to get through i've seen obviously clash at the castle i was very fortunate to be there fantastic i'm sure we'll get to that you in was. a bit uh we watched all out last night me my wife and my youngest i, I granted, granted I magazine you pointed out how long a show it was it was a long show but still loved the show and um the world's collide show i've not seen the main event yet but the rest of it
4: pretty good yeah it's been a. Uh almost like a WrestleMania weekend of of, of quality wrestling. Um, yeah, um, so let's chat about it a little bit. Um, I think World's Collard for me was sure the weekend. Um, just some absolute classic wrestling on there. Really, oh. really uh, well done. Um, Clash at the Castle um, did exactly what it needed to do. Uh, a bit of a screwy booking, I think. Um, I would have liked to have seen it, um, Sheamus get a win Or Drew get a win Just for, for that British pride um, But it was a uh, A really really good card uh, Dominic Mysterio uh, Kicking uh, Edging the old bollocks Was, was fun um, All out Now The wrestling Or the majority of the wrestling for me Was really really good I really okay. enjoyed it it just felt way too long. Uh, I think it was f- clocked in about five and a half hours, uh, fifteen matches. Um, it just felt like maybe some of that could have been condensed down. Uh, but the, like I said, the wrestling. I mean, you watch AEW and the wrestling is always top notch. I mean that that trio tile match was brilliant, absolutely oh, so good. brilliant. So good. I just didn't get the I don't think there was any need for the um the Christian Cage and Jungle Boy angle uh that they did. Um but yeah, all in all, been a great uh, weekend for wrestling. Um and we've had some interesting tidbits come out uh, post all out as well.
3: It's a work. Um
4: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, there's collapse-
3: dropped- That's truth, isn't knees Yeah.
4: Some News dropped literally just before we were starting to record from uh, a cultolic, and there were actual fists thrown backstage.
3: Apparently, Punk uh, threw the first punch, yeah. And uh, Omega
4: Omega and the books have threatened to to leave. So, hmm.
3: oh my goodness, drama in the wrestling
4: world! But would we have it any other way, Magsy? It's it's, it's great because you don't know if you have been worked, and that's the whole point of wrestling for me. Uh, if you can't blur... The, if you blur the lines between real and storyline, that makes it more interesting and more exciting. So um, I'm all for that. Plus, I like the drama. I like the, I like the tea. I like the scrap. <laughs> Shall we jump
3: into the SJP World Media chat for the very, very first time and see who has... Shall done? we?
4: Well... We know who always starts the the show off strong it's monday you monday night you know what that means with by sharing and she also says new uh start video well somebody was very was very busy re reproducing all our our videos so you'll see quite a few of them today um, charlie in the chat hello charlie how are you pig's bladder's in the chat as well hello sir and also uh, connor uh, great to see you as well uh, connor uh, doing really really well with uh, with um the the football watch alongs cam scottish danair and dan griffin all in the chat as well and dan is not happy that we've redecorated um,
3: <laughs> it's a doctor who we are. Line.
4: yeah We have to get rid of the the smoke stains, though. Um, Mm. Facebook user is in as well. I mean, thanks for coming, Facebook user. I think that's that's one of the big reasons. Yeah, that's the second name, the married name, user. Mm. (laughs) Scottish daddy, new home, same hilarity. Um, Charlie and Sharon both saying they loved it all out. Yeah, it was a great show Mm -hmm. in terms of wrestling, in terms of length, not for me. Matt saying, uh, uh, Dan, sorry, saying uh, 15 matches, way too much for any card. Agreed. Uh, I would have hated to be actually at the the stadium because I I, I think I would have fell asleep. It would have just tired me out that much. Um, But AEW fans are a different breed, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Charlie said she likes the long shows. Uh, and Dan saying we're all the knackered door, Charlie. And Cam saying, uh, Clash at the Castle is the first modern wrestling he's watched in about fifteen years, other than snippets on social media. Didn't manage to catch the others, unfortunately. Um yeah, Clash at the Castle, great show. Uh, yeah. the 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 Ameri- I was uh, chatting with Ray Cash whilst we were watching it um, through what's happened. He just loves the fact that uh, British crowds are something else. They just saw so, um, ravenous for 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 professional wrestling that that we put like American um, American fans in the shade. So yeah, it was a, a really good show. Uh, Sixteen matches if you count Punk versus the MVPs, MVP, <laughs> and don't forget how he shit all over uh, Adam Page and uh, Colt Cabana in in the in the scrum um Anya, hello how are you hello Anya. i love a bit of wrestling drama uh charlie i'm all right thanks uh if you're watching be sure to hit subscribe we've already done that sharon we've already got we've already done that and she's also a facebook user so sharon double duty there
3: we go there we um, go
4: and dan saying we were chanting tiny Pete at pete dunn brilliant because he is little and they also called matt riddle a sex offender Amazing.
3: Yeah, that did happen as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that experience, Magzie, uh, at Clash at the Castle. I've never been to a WWE event before. Uh, I've never been in anything other than the local shows. Unbelievable. Considering when I woke up Saturday morning, I wasn't going, and then it, it basically worked out by you know by generosity from various people and so on that I could sort it out, and there was actually a train that could get me back, and all sorts. Honestly, I've never experienced anything like that. That was up there. It's equal to the first time I saw AC/DC live. It was that big a deal. Wow, it was amazing. that's huge.
4: That is huge.
3: It was well, incredible.
2: I'm,
4: I'm glad you all enjoyed it. It was uh, cool seeing like the the chat and uh, the photos from our little community all having having bants in the is it the Cambrian Way, the pub that you all met up in?
3: Yeah, I walked past it twice. So I couldn't find it. <laughs> <literally> right <laughs>
4: Brilliant, Brilliant. Brilliant. that'll come as
3: no surprise to anyone, though, of course.
4: And, um, with Dan mentioning sex offenders, time for the first pimple dick of the week for this uh, Ooh. for this new new brand.
0: Pimple dick alert!
4: Oh, a teeny weeny.
3: Oh, we haven't heard that for a while, have we? <laughs> I know,
4: um and and with all the news coming out of this weekend, um there's uh, quite a few people who I could actually put forward uh but I'm going to put forward uh somebody I think is may have been pimble dick uh of the week before but this week it's it's velvetine dream patrick clark
3: oh dear um
4: okay. so yeah we all know the story of patrick clark bit of a bit of a rounds with speeder Smile. um
3: he's a bit of a nonce
4: yeah anyway um a story came out about him recently from uh ec3 he was on a podcast and he uh i think it was the the sports key to podcast wrestling outlaws and he was telling a story about uh about velveteen dream uh, because they mentioned him being arrested um uh late last year when he took cocaine in front of a police officer whilst being arrested so velveteen dream uh, brings up a story that he um that he uh recalled with velvet uh no ec3 brings up a story that he recalled about velveteen dream so ec3 okay. was through was throwing a house party um and he um he saw that velveteen dream had set his phone up in ec3's bathroom so it would record uh the rest of the guys taking pisses
2: oh dear dear dear
4: yeah so he'd propped Why? the phone up because wow, does Velveteen Dream do oh the things that he does? God. Yeah, um Yeah, he was um he propped the phone up in a selfie style so the camera was was recording so any of the other wrestlers, uh he they could uh, when they went to the toilet to have a piss, he would be able to film it and and do with that video what you what he wanted to do so yeah this week's uh and the first pimple dick for for the sjp uh youtube editions of chair essence is velveteen dream and rightfully so that guy just
3: <laughs> he had everything man he had a great look he was brilliant in the ring The the, the gimmick the everything about it he could have been huge mm-hmm. but uh just what, what a scumbag self-destruction absolute mm. self-destruction Yes, disgusting, mate, disgusting. Should we play another little jingle, Magsy, and throw some crap away into the old uh, chain-wrestling Hall of Lame?
4: Oh, I've not even uploaded the, the audio for that. I have got it, but I've not uploaded Ooh. it. Okay. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Never mind. Hall of Lame. Version...
3: <laughs> in the audio version, no one will notice. I'll just chuck it in here.
0: The Hall of oh!
3: Um, <laughs> Magsy, what have you got for us?
4: Um, give me two seconds I will try and find the audio. No, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I'll do it for next time. Um, right, so for, I have to find it now. It's on my pages. There we go. Uh, I thought I would start this week a uh, new home, um new channel. I thought I would start basically with... Uh, finishing the trifecta of uh, Glenn Jacobs' uh, inductions in into the into the Hall of Fame. I mean, we've had Isaac Yankum, we've had uh, uh, last week's uh, entry, and this week I thought we'd finish it off with uh, one of the the worst storylines that that perhaps uh, Kane has been involved in and perhaps wrestling has been involved in in general um Mm. so let's go back to 2004 um and kane had uh, took a a bit of a uh, a fascination with lita started stalking lita
3: i thought you were going fake diesel until you said 2004
4: i mean he that may come up. There's plenty of other Glenn Jacobs slash Kane stories that could go into the Hall of Fame. This but, one's
3: worst. Um, <laughs> th-
4: this one is this one for me is double barrel, and we'll get to that uh close to the end. But um okay. yeah, so Kane starts stalking Lita. Matt obviously um uh his with that being his girlfriend at the time, tries to fart off Kane and Kane's just constantly beating him down. Um it gets to a point where um Lita is given an ultimatum by Kane and said, I'll stop beating up your boyfriend um if if you have sex with with me. Oh dear. Which uh which legally it's that's that's the 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 R word, yes. Because it's forcing someone. Um, so that happens, and Lita ends up getting pregnant. Now, oh dear, Matt believes it's his child and gets really excited uh, until Kane comes onto the tantrum and says that it's his child and that's why they call him big red uh <laughs> yeah very very yeah very very grim but matt even though he's had this horrific news still wants to make um make a a, a, a proper woman of lita and and do the, the right thing of maria um no 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 kane is not having that kane wants to marry he wants to he's not only a rapist demon not only a rapist monster but he's an honorable rapist monster Mm -hmm. he's done the the crime now he is wanting to do the time so (laughs) matt wants to marry lita kane wants to marry lita so legally there's only one way you solve this yeah of course wrestling match to see who (laughs) can marry lita I mean, we've we've seen we've seen legal precedents set before with Eddie and Rey Mysterio, whoever got the the documents. That's legally Dominic's dad, so it clearly works with with marriages.
3: Wrestling's so stupid;
4: <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. So, Kane obviously wins, and we end up getting a, a, a wedding. Kane, all dressed in white, with midgets or little people sorry as his ushers um we we see trish strats coming down in her underwear um and, yeah obviously uh lita uh comes down to uh to get married matt comes to try and disrupt it gets beaten up and then the marriage takes place lita starting to to show being pregnant um and this is where it gets weird
3: because... Oh, this is where it
4: gets weird, is it? Yeah, because <laughs> Kane is clearly the bad guy in this in this storyline. He's stalked, done a bit of rape, forced someone to marry and incessantly beat up Matt Hardy. Basically took Matt Hardy's life and ruined it. And then Lita has a horrific Accident when Gene uh, Snitsky um, f- falls into and makes her uh, lose her, her baby, have a miscarriage. And this is where Kane, the rapist, stalker, marriage forcer, becomes the good guy in this story because he's defending Lita and his dead baby's honor by having a match with Jean Snitsky. So the whole storyline was to build up Jean Snitsky as, as the heel and Kane as the sympathetic babyface. And then to add icing on the cake, Lita cheats on Kane with edge. So <laughs> it all comes full circle. Kane is the hard done to, rapey, stalky monster. So my entry this week into the Hall of Lame is Rapey Kane.
3: Rapey Kane. Oh. Now, obviously, we're making fun of, of that wrestling storyline because it is so ludicrous. And we're making fun of the, the, the wrestling aspect of this. But, you know, I think putting something like that on television. I mean, kids watch this show for a start, but also <laughs> people who have, you know, been uh, had horrific stuff happen to them, such as sexual assault or or a miscarriage, and it's being used in this ridiculous, stupid wrestling angle. I mean, the whole purpose of pro wrestling is it's a business; they're trying to sell tickets. Do, do you think anyone bought a ticket to a live show, or anyone bought a pay per view <laughs> to see? Kane and Gene Snitsky face off over this (laughs) spoiler. Do you think this made a difference to their TV ratings?
4: They didn't. Gene Snitsky did not need this. He was over. He had a scruffy beard. He had long hair. He was balding as well. I feel feel
3: this is a personal attack here. (laughs) He he also had bright yellow teeth. Oh, I've not got bright yellow teeth.
4: So he didn't need Kane and he didn't need to kill a baby. (laughs) <laughs> and lest we forget we got one of the best segments on on Raw ever when he came out with a doll and punted said doll into the crowd.
3: <laughs> so you know, just you know, playing devil's advocate here, right? What ever happened to Wrestler A doesn't like wrestler B, let's have a match. Or wrestler A wants to be champion, wrestler B is the current champion, let's have a match. That, that worked for decades. Why do we mm-hmm. stop doing that? Why do we go
4: into oh my god? Because we need to diversify our storylines. We need wrestler A, fancies wrestler B's missus, and f- feels like stalking and forcing himself on her, forcing a marriage onto her, impregnated with her, his demon seed, and then punting a baby into a crowd. I don't, I don't get what's, what's shocking about that, sir. That's, it's, it rats itself.
3: Yeah, yeah, ratings winner. Um, <laughs> that is literally <laughs> why the Hall of Lame was invented. The moments <laughs> like that, when you're sat there as a wrestling fan, wanting to enjoy the wrestling, and even you know when you're sat watching this crap, that it is crap. But then somebody who's a non-wrestling fan walks in the room and goes, what are you watching? And you have to do the whole oh, it's not always like this. It's not like this every week. And, you know, just wait half hour till this bit's over and watch the next, you know, and you've got to defend what you love because they put crap like this on their TV show. It's exactly why the Hall of Fame exists.
4: Yep. You are very, very correct there.
3: Uh, I've got something from a smidge earlier in Time Magazine. Uh, okay. We're looking at around 2002. In fact, no, I would say around it is two thousand and two because it's it's going into WrestleMania eighteen, which of course was Rock Hogan and all that sort of great stuff. Uh, I, I think a bit of a a bit of a sleeper WrestleMania there. Seventeen is always looked at as a lot, it wins a lot of polls in the best WrestleMania of all time. WrestleMania nineteen, when you get past the silly Undertaker handicap match and so on, WrestleMania nineteen is an incredible card, really, really good show. Sandwiched in between is eighteen, doesn't live up to the, either side of it, but. Still a pretty good show. You saw got some good stuff on there. You yeah. know, we looked at Triple H Jericho, didn't we, from the main event, and that was quite underrated, we decided.
4: Rock, Rock Hogan. Hogan
3: is, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, uh, even DDP Christian for the European title. It's not given long, but it's a decent contest. You've got, you got some mm-hmm. stuff on there. That's, you know, you're a bit of a hidden gem, potentially. Slap bang in the middle of the card. There's a six-minute match that is based solely upon a Japanese shampoo company...
2: <laughs>
3: to, to work in their advertising campaign now booker t the five-time wcw champion was adamant he was going to be picking up this japanese shampoo commercial deal and he was over the moon he then he spoke to tajiri and uh you know sort of to help tajiri was supposed to be helping him run through his his script for the japanese advert and so on and tajiri reacted badly to what booker t was saying so they had a match and booker t beat the crap out of Tajiri. And, but he's still over the moon about this potential. Dreadlocks and all, by the way, that he's going to be doing this shampoo commercial. Okay? However, sadly for Booker T, who's all he wants to do is better his own life. That's what he's looking at. He wants to just, you know, get get on in life and do, take on other adventures. You can't fault the guy for that. Sadly, after he's beaten Tajiri, Edge pops up on the on the Titatron with his... Big, glorious, flowing mane of hair to declare that he is taking the Japanese shampoo commercial deal. And Booker T's ambitions to be a shampoo model in the land of the rising sun have been dashed. And he is rightfully very upset.
4: Everybody's dream. Everybody's laughing.
3: It's the only reason I grew my hair, mate. Um, We We then get uh, a scene with Edge and Booker T going back and forth, calling each other stupid for a little while. So, obviously, the writers worked really hard on the on the dialogue in that segment. And it results in a match at WrestleMania 18 over a shampoo commercial. You've got really? a five-time WCW champion, one of the greatest tag wrestlers of all time, and someone who was a fantastic character wrestler, King Booker, and his work with, with Goldust as well in Booker T. Absolutely superb. You've got Edge. Hall of Famer. Well, Booker T's a Hall of Famer as well, obviously. But you got Edge, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Still active now. Still very good in the ring now. Uh, an all-time legend, an all-time hero. You know, got one of the biggest crowd reactions live in Cardiff on Saturday. He was that popular. Fighting over an imaginary shampoo deal. That is
4: my end. I mean, you don't know it was order. imaginary. This may Did have you? been... Okay, okay. It may Did have you been an actual Adler, shoot. Man? Did you ever see the advert?
3: <laughs> yeah. Did you see the advert? Did anyone see the I didn't see the advert?
4: You're not Japanese.
3: This is true. <laughs>
4: <but> <laughs> the irony of uh Andy from Bang Bang saying speaking of shampoo, um when he's done, from the bar. He has absolutely no need of shampoo whatsoever. No. But yeah, thanks for joining us, Andy
3: yes it's monday night it's bath time and he's watching us in the bath yeah so there we go that's my entrance into the hall of Lame this week the fact that you've got two incredibly talented wrestlers roughly give or take you know a couple of years either way potentially in the prime of their career facing off at the biggest show of the year and they're given six minutes over fucking shampoo
4: maybe it's maybelline (laughs)
3: there you go those are your hall of lame entrants for this week rapey child kicking demon seed cane and wrestlers fighting over shampoo two reasons to be embarrassed as a wrestling fan I think magazine and rightfully deserve their spots in the chain wrestling hall of lame the you find it All right see it's almost like we're a professional <laughs> yeah, almost <laughs> almost before we get to our non-wrestling topic which was i think one of our better topics we've ever had to be fair i think this is a really good talking point which we'll get to in a moment shall we have another scan through the chat quickly and just see what people are saying mags
4: yes sir so um we have got Mort in the chat telling Dan to shut up. Uh, Dan saying, meeting up in the boozer with the CWF was the best bit of the weekend, to be fair. Yeah, uh, like I said, I've seen the pictures, and yeah, it looks like you all had a whale of a time. I wish I could have been there. Um, the only
3: downside to it was I didn't complete that suplex on Andy in the bar. <laughs> That's the only downside.
4: <laughs> that's mean. That's very, very mean. Uh, Sharon's saying on the Facebook auto caption, it says pimple tick alert. I mean, <sighs> Facebook already censoring chain wrestling.
2: Ridiculous.
4: <laughs> Morte saying I'm just bitter and jealous, and uh Pigsblad is saying children to calm down, uh, and yeah, he's really into cock. Uh, weird. I mean, I that's Matt dream. from Five Nerves Go. Yeah. Uh, Velveteen right. Dream is a very shady man. Just everything about him makes makes me shiver. That's uh, from Connor. Yeah, Velveteen Creep from Dan. Uh, Anya, long time no see, gents. Glad to be back watching. Yeah, it's glad to have you back. And haven't uh, seen you around these parts for a while. Um, yeah, Frank, saying, it's awesome to hear from you. It's okay. Uh, sar so will edit this bit out the bit where i did i even have the video loaded which was fun Mate, honestly um,
3: if you listen to the audio version we sound freaking amazing it takes me hours to do because we're actually <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> brilliant um dan griffin saying you could just put glenn jacobs in in the hall of fame uh hall of fame, to be fair um no because he's good glenn is really good he's just been dealt a lot of shit He's been able to work through it and still become a Hall of Famer, but he's uh, he has been dealt a lot of shit. Um, uh, More, he's off uh, now because he's flagging. Much love to us all, uh, and check out our show in three weeks. Oh, we've got the the chocolate uh, of vision show coming up soon. I think we're recording that this week. So uh, you're, you're on that, aren't you? Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I think it's Wednesday. So.
4: Is it Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Oh well, I best Wednesday. get I best get my ten picked. Um, <laughs> Uh, Pigsman is saying he loved the whole Cain, Lita, raping marriage, um, but he does change his tune very soon. We go, it was so bad, it was good, and then later down the line... Mm -hmm. Kane, the savior, and then over the years, and probably nostalgia specs on. Oh, no, I forgot how bad this was, it's all coming back to me now. Brilliant. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole point of chain wrestling's Hall of Lame. It makes you remember sh- stuff that you thought were good, but it was actually ridiculous. Um. Then we have um, Matt from uh, Five Nerds Go saying uh, he's not straight, he's just quirky, replying to the CDF known as uh, SJP Stray Kids.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. see, that was an episode of the Doctor Who pod. There's lots of refugee homeless children running around in this episode of Doctor Who. And I referred to them as strays. So apparently that's sticking now.
4: <laughs> Entering wrestling meme culture. Uh, Scottish <laughs> Dana says he hated everything about the storyline except Trish Stratus' wedding gown. I mean, could you call it a gown? It was literally white lingerie. Ah, um, oh, Then. Uh, there have been rough times as a kid fan oh you poor 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 bloke wrestling it's fucking ridiculous needs to be a shirt scottish danny misses gene snitsky well apparently i've seen photos of him pretty recently and he's a hench bloke now like he's muscly um gene baby punter snitsky um and Scott Stanley, he was 13 when this story aired, and he remembers back then still thinking it was too much. Um and you're saying I'm glad that Triple H runs WWE now, uh can't lie, yeah. Um it's still early in Triple H's uh run as as mm-hmm. like the the head, but it's it's ticking a lot of boxes for me. Um it's got me more interested in main main card wrestling now. Uh, main yeah, the, the main rosters. Uh, Scottish, Danny, this is what happens when you hire top uh, top uh, Hollywood uh, writers. Very, very true. And Demon yep. Seed needs to be a a, a CWF t-shirt.
3: <laughs> I love the way everyone suggests t-shirts. That like, was fantastic.
4: Just everything we say on this show just will end up becoming a t-shirt eventually. Uh, <laughs> Triple H versus Tajiri actually followed the baby punting, which was great. Um, and you're saying that, that she believes that you should have gotten the... The Maybelline deal, I believe really? so too. Yeah. Um, five nerds goes telling Andy from Bang Bang to stop, uh, stop wanking in the bath. We're not going on to wanking <laughs> talk again, we're not going to just s- secret wanks, <laughs> crafty wanks. <laughs> um, I've seen his torso now. Andy absolutely does need shampoo for that. Welcome, Matt. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Because they're worth it, Sharon. Brilliant. Uh, and then Andy's saying, I can't remember taking his shirt off. And there was a mag shape hole. We we all yes. missed you, mate. Yeah. I, I, next time, I mean, in 30 more years, when Doing decides to come back to the UK, I mean, I think AEW are having a, a, a show pretty soon. Uh, is it a, a cream Cottage? So, yeah. Whatever. Well, I don't think anything's been
3: announced, does it?
4: It's, it's been a nice no, but they keep teasing that it's going to be a yeah. crime party. So um, if that happens, maybe that that could be a thing. hmm yeah. And then Dan saying he, bl- uh, he made Glenn Jacobs the person for Hall of Fame. No, I, I mean, Glenn Jacobs, the, the mayor of Knoxville count, County or whatever, yeah, he's a bit of a douche. Um, still not the worst cane, that's Mega Jacobs. Jesus, wait <laughs> And rumours are that Braun Strowman is back on Raw tonight. Yeah, apparently uh, Eric Ruin. Yeah, Eric Ruin has been uh, hinting that he's going to be back. Uh, and um, it's looking likely that Bray Wyatt may be back as well. So, uh, yeah.
3: Intriguing. Millwall Chris.
4: Millwall Chris saying um Craven Cottage is a shithole. Yeah, it's absolutely shit shithole. It's a horrific ground. AEW at Crane Cottage would make sense. Yeah, because he owns it, but go to a better place than Craven Cottage is it's horrible. But yeah, that's the mm. that's the chat caught up with. Awesome
3: stuff, mate. Awesome stuff. So this week's non-wrestling topic then was music. Mate. NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here it's the non-wrestling topic
1: lovely nice lovely nice oh
4: lovely lovely i had to
2: cut you up then because
4: you were going straight into it yeah
3: that made me jump i didn't expect that that's the first time we've played it on a live version
4: normally i just cut that into the audio i mean that that burp is classy
3: that is. That's good. That was literally burp sound effects on YouTube. I typed in. Bang. There it was. It was <laughs> definitely
4: not. That was you. Lovely dice. <laughs>
3: okay. It was me. Um, <laughs> our wrestling, non wrestling topic, sorry, this week was music based, which always tends to get a great deal of responses. But it's something slightly different this time. We were looking for your introductory songs i guess if you were speaking to somebody and trying to introduce them to your number one all-time favorite band how would you do this but the restrictions were you have three songs two that they must check out and one to 100 percent avoid and that one to avoid i think was going to make for a really fascinating topic Mm
2: Mm-hmm. okay
3: so we will start with, well, as always, the order they came into us. So that's in a completely different order to how you've probably got them, I expect. I've got very So we begin with our uh, good friend Morty from the Morty Activist podcast it's at MortyJR5 on Twitter. And
0: like and this favorite band is Spike
3: Two very different songs, he'd say. Floods and Sink with Snakes. Ask me tomorrow and I'll give you a different two. (laughs) That's the thing, isn't it? When you're talking about your favourite bands, it's like trying to nail down two songs is quite tricky, isn't it, Mags?
4: It is, yeah. I mean, um, I struggled uh, with with my picks. Um, Morty also put another comment saying The Baja Men, best years of our lives on coconut. Avoid none of them. Long live the Baja Men. Uh, But facts are... Firestar was that was the band with the guy out of Busted. That's right, wasn't it? I think. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. I saw him at Download Um, one year, and they were surprisingly good.
4: Yeah, he he for like a a, almost like a comedy band with Busted. uh, I think he's called Charlie. um, He he could shred. He was really Um, really good. Yeah, yeah. I've not heard Uh, a lot of their stuff, but yeah, seems seems uh, to be a good musician.
3: According to Morty, however, a song they are not good on is called "You and I," and he simply says it's bloody shite. So there you go. That's one little Boys from Point Star. So uh, our good friend Paul Tolly at Raincounter on Twitter. Have a guess what band he wants, mate? I think he went with
4: the Manic Street creatures
3: You are one hundred percent correct. Here, a huge Manic
2: Street Preachers fan.
3: Uh, he certainly is. You Love Us and Faster are two songs he would recommend. I know You Love Us, that is a great tune.
4: Yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, Faster, I think that's the one where they end up naming their um, record, their own like, recording studio after. so uh,
3: Okay, I don't think I've heard two, that. Let's check it out. It's
4: all, I think it's on the Holy Bible album. I think it's on that album. Uh, but okay. yeah, so, um two good picks. I mean, the Manics have got such a great catalogue of of quality songs that that you could pick and you could pick dozens and not be wrong um i am concerned about his his avoid so why so said i thought that was actually not a not a bad song they've they've certainly done worse than that for me but yeah i mean he's the manix expert i suppose
2: Hmm.
3: I don't know the song that is this or there to avoid, but the only one I do know is that Universe. So I think that is an absolute banging tune. I should probably listen to it more Manics because the ones I've heard, I do actually really enjoy.
4: Yeah, I I, I, I liked them when they were like huge, um, like the going from like the Holy Bible Generation Terrace all the way through to um, like This Is My Truth. Tell me your stuff like that. Um, I kind of fell off when they went. Um, they, they when they went less radio friendly i suppose um, but i still like some of some of the the newer stuff but i'm not as big of a fan as as mr Tully is
3: hmm. okay uh, we have here gh at Carrie the gary on twitter with a face like the
0: breaking the Thinking like that I won't make any friends And this is
3: a shape for a band that I have loved since the early 90s and their Troublegum album. I love the Troublegum Gum album, absolutely superb. Gary shapes out here for Therapy and he says two to check out. Screamager, more great riffs than some bands entire albums. And it is an absolute, but again, that's off the Troublegum Gum album. And I know we're talking two <laughs> songs rather than anything else, but the Trouble Gum album is, that was like the same track to us when we were about 13, 14 everyone had a copy of it on tape and it was always playing in the park and we were down there like you know doing stuff we shouldn't have been and all that sort of stuff it's absolutely great record. Um, Skinning Pit, he says it sounds psychotic but makes me want to dance, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> and one to avoid, Tramlines, lines. So it just doesn't work. I don't know Tramlines to be fair but with my, I've seen Therapy Live a few times, I like certain tracks here and there but the Trouble Gum album is it for me? Is that? Is, it's great, Maxie. Do you, do you know the
4: at all? I vaguely, vaguely remember them from like the the Britpop era. Um, I don't know a hell of a lot of them, um, so there's there'll, there'll be something that I'll probably go and look and, and check out on my Spotify playlist. But uh, hmm. um, if, if you like them, they must be good.
3: Of course, because I've got a fantastic taste. <laughs> a bit more, they're a bit more metal than, than Britpop, really, but you're right, that sort of era, 93, 94 was when Trouble Gum came out, so
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, at Pigs Bladders on Twitter. In the he chat, says, hello, sir. Hello, he says here, not my favourite band, so straight away, already breaking the rules. But
4: <laughs> <laughs> so i so just totally ignore his answer then.
3: Yeah, okay. No, he says here, yeah, not my favourite band, but still amazing. Lawnmower Death, Icky Ficky, and he's attached a YouTube link here, which we'll we'll have to retweet for everyone. And Stomach Gout, uh which apparently is... A, I, I don't know Lawnmower Death, to be fair. I, I've got a friend of mine who's seen them a few times and I said they're amazing, but I don't I don't know
4: anything by them. I've never even heard of them, so... Hmm
3: okay i think but they're a bit of a it, sort of tongue-in-cheek metal band like bit of a thrash it says band, avoid
4: it. purple hairs is that purple yeah. hairs as in like uh, a cover of the the is it jimi hendrix
3: yeah you'd have thought so wouldn't you mm. if it's named that you'd have thought it would have been yeah there's not that many tracks called purple hates shortly so it must be a cover but i think they do do quite a few covers though as well again my friend Harry will be screaming at the, his podcast player right now, saying "Shut up!" So you know what you want to make. But yeah, there you go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and is in the chat saying it's Nottingham Punk Thrash. So there you go. I yeah, thought it was a bit um, thrashy. the the links are there on the on the Chain Wrestling um, Twitter feed. Uh, go and check them out. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
3: Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin Twenty One on Twitter. He says his favorite band is Alkaline Trio. And two songs to introduce someone to. is Time to Waste and Radio. And one song to avoid, Draculina. That just sounds terrible, doesn't it? Draculina.
4: Yeah. It, it's a terrible name. Um, probably a terrible song. I, I know the band um, mm. Alkaline Trio. I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. It's not really my, um, my bag when it comes to music. But... Again, Dan, pretty much like you, has, has impeccable taste, so I'm sure they'll be definitely worth checking out.
3: Well, he listens to our show, mate, so he must be a very you know, well-informed. There guy. we go. Good, there go. There we go. Uh, look at that. Uh, his brother, Cam, at CamGriff92 on Twitter. He says, this is a toughie. Yes, it is, and that's why we chose it. Um, <laughs> he says, my favourite band of all time are the Arctic Monkeys. Can't mm-hmm. narrow it down to fit the criteria, so bending the rules slightly, for God's sake. Um, <laughs>
4: Breaking bloody
3: rules. Oh, it's as if there was somebody who would do that on a regular basis on this show. Mags. Um, two albums to introduce people to. Uh, Favourite Worst Nightmare and AM, which I'm guessing is Art Mongers. And... To Learn to Love, Humbug, wasn't a fan of those, but it was brilliant. And they're all bangers, apparently. So we haven't even actually got one that is crap. So you must just love everything they've done.
4: Yeah, which sounds a bit biased. Probably because they are from around his parts. They're, they're very much a Yorkshire band. Uh, okay, but I'll to be fair up. to him, um, there is not uh, a bad Arctic Monkeys album out there. Um such a talented talented band um really? so yeah definitely if you haven't checked any out definitely go and check them out one of my favorite tracks um uh brainstorm such a good song i love that the guitar riff uh halfway through it's it's a finger breaker really really good
3: they kind of lean a little bit more into that kind of indie sound to me than yeah. what i would normally go for but then i'm a big oasis fan i kind of I've got a band Oasis in in the same sort of thing. But it's not really the same same sound, is it? I don't know.
4: They are they slightly, I suppose. A bit more heavy rock uh, than uh, than Oasis, but very much um where Oasis signified Manchester and that whole scene. Um Arctic monkeys are unashamedly Yorkshire. I mean, they don't even try to hide it in 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 the the way that they sing. It's very, very much uh, a, a snapshot of, of God's country
3: God's country yeah okay
4: um, I'm, I'm, I'm legally obliged <laughs> to say that or else uh, Dan Griffin's going to send the boys round
3: is that so <laughs> okay <laughs> then uh, Chris Bellis at real Chris Bellis on Twitter he says it's a hard one uh, as Iron Maiden are perfect even when Diano and Blaze Bailey stuff pops him huge I love the poor Deano stuff with Maiden and the Blaze stuff to be fair you know? Okay. I mean, Bruce Dickinson is obviously the one everyone thinks of because he did the most albums and was the most popular and so on. But yeah, the Diano and the Blaze stuff, absolutely adore it. He says, I suppose the two he would recommend are Power Slave and The Trooper.
0: You'll take my life, but I'll take yours too. You fire your musket, but I'll run you through. So when you're waiting for the next attack, you better stand, there's no turning back. The bill was
3: The Trooper I get because that is one that could be a real good gateway into Iron Maiden I, I love Maiden they're one of my favourite bands growing up and the Trooper is one of those proper sing-along classic Maiden records Paraslave I'm a bit surprised by Paraslave I'm a bit surprised by that's more like an album track I mean it's good but it's not the level mm-hmm. of say a Fear of the Dark or something like that But uh, and he says here one to avoid would probably be These Colors Don't Run The Jingoism Hasn't Aged Well but it's also a ripper. It is a very, very good track. But it's 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 off an album called A Matter of Life and Death, and it's that whole album is based upon um, World War One, I, I think it is. and every track is about another aspect of the war. Uh, okay. And These Colors Don't Run is a track about the obvious there. So it's a really well written and clever, cleverly done piece of music. The whole studio album being that way, uh, but. Yeah, I wouldn't really say it's one to avoid m- myself. But again, this is why this is so great because everyone's opinions are, are different, aren't they, Max?
4: Yeah, I suppose. And maybe out of context, if you're not listening to it in in with the whole album, it does come off as a little bit xenophobic. I suppose with that with yeah. towel, but um, not being a, a huge listener of, of Iron Maiden, um, I mean. It, who am I to judge, I suppose? Um,
3: wow. again, are you ready? Re- Sorry, go
4: on. I was just gonna say, I refer to you when it comes to heavy rock. Uh, you're my go to
3: guy, excellent stuff, mate. And I will, I, I take that responsibility incredibly seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sit on a throne of lies. You mention about judging people. Are you ready to judge now with a stern finger that does this? Scottish Danny. Danny says here, at Scottish Struggler on Twitter, his favourite of all time is Vanilla Ice. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Danny, Danny, Danny. But his new metal era, so from 98 to 2001. Now, I have not heard any of that. So that could be fantastic. And, you know, new but it's metal... Vanilla ass. Well, this is the thing. It's strange, isn't it? Really strange that, you know, Vanilla Ice, New Metal. It's like, oh, okay. Um, Two to check out, apparently, if anyone wants to give it a go and, and, you know, check it out and let us know at Chain underscore Wrestling if it's great. And if it's shite, by all means, at Scottish Juggler on Twitter. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, He says, two to check out. Uh, Hate and Primal Side. I'm going to listen to them later. I genuinely am because I'm really intrigued but one to avoid I'm um, not are you not you're not even going to give it a go
4: no I will, I will. For, ju- yeah. because it's Danny and uh, we we have a lot of love for Danny I'll, I'll trust his judgment and I'll check out some vanilla ass new metal
3: yeah I'm, I'm definitely intrigued and I imagine that Sam's going to play at some point on the audio version of the show as well for you know, oh. our sins uh, one to avoid however too cold which is the Ice Ice Baby remix. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, want to listen to, I want to listen more to his one to avoid than I do his two to check out. A new metal yeah. version of Ice Ice Baby,
4: come on. Can you imagine? That's gonna be, it's gonna be an experience. That's definitely one that we have to check out. Ignore Hate and Primal Sound now. We have to check out Too Cold.
3: That's going to be, regardless of what it sounds like, that's going to be the new chain wrestling music that's going to play all the time on this show. Um, <laughs> it's not.
4: Ah, uh, veto that.
3: <laughs> uh, Danny also says, it's a shame he didn't stick more to metal, as he was excellent at it. Okay. Oh, I
4: mean, I'll,
3: I'll, I'll he, check it out, yeah.
4: As long as he was better than like, he was at, at rapping, then but that, che- that
3: that ice ice baby mate as bad as as cheesy as it is
4: it's become like a,
3: a, a, a sort of a, a, a ironic so I'm, i wasn't gonna say iconic that's not right ironic kind of classic now hasn't it
4: yeah i suppose and any anytime you can get a, a a lyric about bacon in there um you're onto a winner it's like cooking mc is like a pound of bacon what a, that is a quality lyric Aren't big and, big. and and didn't he do the song as well for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film? Like oh, go, yeah, Ninja, the go Ninja, one, Go Ninja like Go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, so in fact I'm flip flopping now. I'm doing a, a face turn. I've actually don't slag off vanilla ass because that guy's classic.
3: <laughs> but we haven't checked out his new metal here yet, which we will yeah
4: well make. this is it I might have to do another a big show and t- and will turn straight away after that
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, project football podcast at proj underscore foot on twitter uh, oasis they give a shout out for here We're great I mean oasis is fantastic and they I actually love oasis yep. uh, check out rock and roll star and live forever ignore great. little james <sighs>
4: now oasis is 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 my favorite band so they're okay they who i who I would have picked um little James yeah, I get it i mean it's uh it's uh Liam's kind of ode to his uh i think it's his stepson um but it's not the worst, nowhere near the worst I think it's not that bad of a song um so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that there's, there is way worse than, than, than Little James for me.
3: See, I was thinking, I don't know Little James. I, I like a bit of Oasis, I really do. I was thinking, I don't know Little James. But you mentioning there that it's like an ode to his stepson or whatever, that does now kind of ring a bell. I couldn't you know, remember the song, but I remember there being a song... Directed at yeah, it's you
4: know it's the 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 video of it is is literally just Liam. I think he's sat in a park, like leaning up against a tree, playing a, a, an acoustic guitar, yeah, and it's just him singing a, a way to to basically talk to his his stepson Yeah, okay. Uh, if we're talking crap Oasis songs, I mean, how do you go with Little James when you've had Magic power from? Uh, the B A Now album. I mean, that album. Um, whilst it's not the worst album ever, it's so massively overproduced. Uh, it was um, very much Oasis believing their own bullshit. A kind of kind of album, and they did a song called Magic Power, uh, and it's it's ridiculous. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, you can tell that when Noel wrote it, he was. He was off his tits on on sniff,
2: um,
4: yeah. It was just a song about a magic path. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, so I would have picked that for for the worst or worse track.
3: I'm really intrigued as well that we have. I mean, again, everyone's opinions are different, of course. But we have rock and roll star in as the two to really, you know, because I mean, live forever. You can't go wrong with that. Is That's that's a generational record. That means so much to people of a certain age. Me being one of them, I love that tune and it reminds me of certain times in my life. Absolutely fantastic. Rock and Roll Star is a banging tune as well. But I'd be thinking cigarettes and alcohol and maybe something like that. Um,
4: Yeah, I mean, Live Forever is is a classic. This really kind of shows that Project Football is a, a very... Uh, old school oasis fan rock and roll and live forever laugh from the very very early days when um it was about oasis really breaking out um but still two great picks i necessarily wouldn't have gone with them I, I live forever may have met it uh, but for me uh acquiesce is a is a class uh oh. class tune champagne supernova don 't look back in anger um uh whatever. The master plan for me i think the master plan needs throwing in there um really really good tune uh but then some might say um just there's some ma- massive uh- massive classics uh but one like uh almost i suppose guilty pleasure uh for me is, is when uh, they used to do covers uh usually for for live gigs they did a cover of i am the walrus brilliant track yeah absolutely brilliant they did a cover of uh, David Bowie's Heroes uh, that another banger uh, but their cover of Slade's Come On Feel The Noise is amazing properly properly party rock record yeah so Oasis for me I could name 20 songs that that you should go and look at but one to definitely avoid is Magic Path
1: baby 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 (laughs) <laughs> so British you that. think
4: you've got an evil mind well i'll tell you honey the slade version
3: is fantastic on its own right you know mm-hmm. but they were, uh, and they also did a cover of um you've got to hide your love away by the beatles yeah they did, i, yeah. I love that track i, I love that sort of air of the beatles and i didn't realize that cover even existed till maybe two years ago and, really? Wow! yeah and it, i don't know where it popped up on a, on a b-side or something like that and I was like, "Oh my god!" And again, I loved it. Oasis, man, what a band! What a band! Yeah, great band. Yeah. Uh, MGB Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter. He says, "I'm going to pretend I misread songs as albums." Oh, we've got another naughty sheet mags.
4: <sighs> and and he does it to to pimp up the boss, Bruce mm-hmm. Springsteen. Yeah, <sighs> he
3: says recommended i suppose albums recommended born in the usa and born to run even though these aren't my personal top two avoid human touch now that's interesting because i like what he's done here he's actually really despite the fact that he's cheated a little bit and bent the rules he's fought about the question because we're saying to introduce people to this band (laughs) he's not gone with his own personal favorites he's gone with two that would be like a good introduction i guess
4: yeah a good snapshot of their of their music yeah
3: yeah yeah well done graham even though you're a little naughty cheap um (laughs) connor our good buddy in the states there connor knows footy on twitter uh his favorite band is slipknot and he says songs to check out devil in i that's a banger that is a really Mm -hmm. good tune and skeptic
4: i don't know that one nope can't say I, i remember it
3: um, song to avoid Vermilion Part One and Part Two. Now, my lad is a massive Slipknot fan. Like everything they've recorded, he, he loves every. He's one of the, he's like proper. I don't want to say obsessive, but really fanatical. And and the fact that he adores this band so much, I love about him because he's got something that he's that, that invest passionate in. about. Yeah. Yes, yeah, there you go. That, yeah, I, was, I was struggling for the words. Thank you, Max. Yeah, that's spot on. Really passionate and so on. Uh, but again, skeptic, he would know obviously, but I've got no clue. And the song to avoid, I don't know that one either.
4: Mm, no, uh, I'm not a massive Slipknot fan. I, I like Left Behind. I think that's a, a banger of a tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Psychosocial, I think that's the, the yeah. one of those as well. Um, but yeah, um, I've not heard of Skeptic or Vermilion part one and, and two. So yeah, uh, give us some more homework there, Connor. Thanks for that.
3: Yeah, let us know, mate. Let us know. Uh, I like Stone Sour as well. And Corey Taylor takes the mask off and plays in that band. They're they're good. They're very good. But anyway, uh, James at 80s and 90s Wrestling on Twitter. He says, tough one. I haven't got a favorite band. One
4: day it's Shed 7. The next it's Oh, is Shed 7. What an underrated band. They are so damn good. What would I know by Shed 7? Uh, you'll know Chasing Rainbows. Oh yeah, okay. I know that one. Yeah, that's and a bit of a tune, actually. She left me on Friday.
3: I'm guessing it doesn't sound like that very much.
4: No, well, I mean, <laughs> how do you know? I, I may have <laughs> sung vocals for Shed Seven. You don't know. Um, uh, yeah, they're they're a great band. Yeah, okay. And he says
3: uh, the next day it could be Rage Ahead. The another day it could be another Rage great Head. band. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. Three great bands then the day after that it could fuck be fuck you the... I won't do
4: what you tell me
3: Gene, fuck man. you I won't Gene. do what you tell me uh, after that Mars Volta but let's go based on the most listened A oh, good way of working out there so I suppose Spotify plays or whatever and he says his most listened to is the Beastie Boys and the songs he would recommend are Rhyming and Stealing and Triple Trouble and to avoid Boomin Granny <laughs> Booming Granny brilliant <laughs>
4: <laughs> i mean that that should be a laugh mantra always avoid a booming granny
3: yeah totally uh, that, that should be like what you know the, the catchphrase for the show this week i think just as a yeah. public service announcement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: so I, I were you a, a big beasties fan or were they like totally not your genre um,
3: obviously fight for your right to party is a tune isn't it that's mm-hmm. you know that's fantastic a couple of tunes here and there but you gotta bear in mind I was very much growing up narrow minded with my musical tastes. It was very much classic, old school rock and metal. And if it deviated from that, I didn't want to know. Apart from the yeah. odd bit of cheesy 90s dance music, which, you know, because just that's what was being played in the clubs when I was going out. So something like the Beastie Boys would have probably been slightly too far out of my comfort zone to really get into. Yeah. What
4: um, about yeah, you? Hans? Um, I- i'm the same uh they did one album that i really enjoyed uh hello nasty uh that was kind of a little bit off their their earlier stuff it was the the album with intergalactic um and um three mcs and one dj so they they, uh and body moving as well i think that was on that album uh so yeah I, i enjoyed that album but uh i'm like you're kind of like the the hits that they've done but not so much where i'd go deep diving into the back catalog or anything like that
1: have
3: i seen the beastie boys sharon have i seen the beastie boys in the chat
4: have i seen the beastie boys
3: <laughs> i think i might have i don't know i not have to but i've been to so many gigs i'll shall I say put my body through certain situations with certain things that a lot of gigs kind of blend into one night and it's like I know how many times I've seen Motörhead, but I can't separate them out. That sort of thing, you know. <laughs> so some bands, I've, I, I swear, don't, I've seen. Don't do drugs, kids. It's not. I, no, I don't do drugs um, <laughs> anymore. I, no, I never did. did. At <laughs> uh, total Stevo on Twitter, we need like a jingle for the Stevo section, don't we? But we I'll, do. I'll, I'll make one. I'll knock on it. Um Stevo says. Of all the bands that have had the biggest impact on me, Killswitch Engage would have to be my favourite. I love Killswitch. Uh, They have had too many hits and it's extremely difficult to pick two introductory songs. However, Number Days on their second album immediately lets you know what you're in for. The second introductory song has to be Signal Fire off their latest album, Atonement. I really enjoyed Atonement. That was a really, really good album. The guest appearance of Harrod Jones and the vocal battle with Jesse is stunning. Like, I don't know if you're you aware of Harold Jones and Killswitch magazine? No. Okay. Uh, Killswitch initially had a singer named Jesse. And he was you know, very, very good at what he did. He left for various different reasons. And Harold Jones came in. And Harold Jones okay. is kind of... He was the vocalist when I discovered Killswitch. Because they had a couple of big hits with him on the mic, so to speak. And if you heard certain Killswitch songs that... If you heard certain songs like that's Killswitch, and you would go, oh, yeah, I do know that, it would most likely be with harry Jones singing. Okay. But then he left, and Jesse, the original vocalist, has come back, but harry Jones does still guest on the odd track. And when I saw them supporting Iron Maiden a few years ago, harry Jones actually came on stage and did a couple of his songs with the band as well. It's, it's good that they sort of all still get along, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah. It's a very kind of... Um friendly breakup yeah
3: yeah uh yeah sorry Howard jones and the vocal battle with jesse is stunning on the song from atonement he says here adam d's guitar solo just hits me and the song just makes you want to get up and mosh it sums up kill switch perfectly to be honest it has the aggressive vocals backed with beautiful fast-paced melody the one to avoid in fact the album this song is taken from isn't that bad but from their incarnate album it falls on me this album, along with the previous, Disarm the Descent, is a period Jesse was clearly trying too hard to appease Harrod Jones fans. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it was when Jesse came back and obviously they had bigger hits with Harrod. With yeah, okay, I'll get that. Uh, but also appease the original fabulous of his first I two albums. I guess that's supposed to say fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Of his first two albums. Hence Atonement, he's now nailed it. He's found himself again. Anyhow... This song is just too slow, boring, and just feels too desperate. I find it too hard to explain. It's just not a Killswitch song. It would be perfect for a B-side demo tape. Overall, though, Killswitch are one of those bands that the majority of songs are all bangers. In fact, the song after The Great Deceit is fantastic.
4: Huh, there we go. And uh, if I'll, I'll... there is e- anybody uh outside of Sah, who I would uh trust with my laugh when it comes to to life. rock music so <laughs> so racist um it would be stevo he's uh yes. definitely go and check out his uh his content whether it's uh his uh, podcast or his uh youtube channel because that the guy makes you passionate about music that you don't you don't even like he's just mm. he's got that raw energy for it
3: Steve O could literally talk to me about a handful of grass cuttings he's got. And I would be mm-hmm. intrigued to go and see these grass cuttings because he's that enthusiastic <laughs> and passionate. That yeah, I would talk to him. He, he could sell me anything. He is that good at what he does. So go check out Steve O's podcast, especially the ones he's done about his music um journey, I suppose. Oh, I've mentioned mm-hmm. it before on the podcast, but he has a podcast about what got him into metal. Then another one, uh, it's, a, it's a series, and another one about going to metal clubs and hearing songs there for the first time and going to download one year and the bands and he, he plays little snippets of the songs and i have discovered new bands from listening to steve-o and some Steam-O of these yeah. yeah and some of these bands are 20 years old i've never heard of them before and now i love them so it's absolutely fascinating yeah so go and definitely check out Stevo's uh podcasts there and finally we do have that one from morty Max at morty jr5 on twitter and he says the bahamen best years of our lives and coconuts Avoid none of them. Long live the Baja men.
4: So is the Baja men, am I right, the, that's the who let the dogs out people? I was literally about to ask you the
3: exact same question.
4: Because it sounds like that it's them. Um, yeah. So Morte is, right. is banned from any further music um, <laughs> topics, I think.
3: See, and that says a lot. Because see, you know, Scottish Danny bought a vanilla fucking ice for crying loud. Like,
4: <laughs> it, it comes to something when you out, out um, music Scottish uh, juggalo It's ridiculous. Mm. Uh, the oh, yeah. the Baha men who led the dogs out.
3: To be fair though, when that comes on anywhere, people do kind of sing it along, don't they?
4: Yeah, it's it's one of it's like an earworm where you you think it's ridiculous but you know the words Mm. and it just gets it just gets people singing i suppose
3: like ice ice baby there's another one um (laughs) i don't know if anyone can hear at home on the audio version on the live version whatever i apologize if they can but i've not set up my stuff in the same way i normally do and i've got an incredibly long cable for my headset and my stupid fat feet keep stepping on it. So every now and again, if you see me on the line, like that.
4: That's why you should get one of those kind of cables, like Um, a stretchy, like telephone wire one.
3: I'm loving the sound effect that adds to the show as well, Maxie, when you're hitting it against the
4: (laughs) mic. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In the the chat um, is an interesting one from from your good lady, Sharon. Uh, She says, the band Backstreet Boys... Songs to listen to, all of them. Songs to avoid, none. Um, so, being with Sharon, I, I, I assume you know a lot of Backstreet Boys songs. What are your your favourites of, of of the Backstreet Boys, sir? I'll tell you what, mate. We
3: had a conversation about this a few weeks back, me and the missus. Uh, I don't mind. Let's see, uh, names are going to be tricky. Backstreet's back.
4: Okay. Everybody.
2: Everybody.
3: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that one is that one's a bit of a tune um, oh, there's the one from the beginning of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because that clip always makes me laugh um, that's I that want actually. it that way yeah yeah. but again it's more a case of growing up having them played all around me by, pr- by my sister and by pretty much any girl I was with at any point in my life and now obviously Sharon adores them as well uh, I couldn't put forward any song to avoid because, again, I don't know enough of them. But, yeah, there are a couple of tracks, so I think. Yeah, that's all right, actually.
4: Yeah, I, I like um, the, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine one. Um, but I think my favourite would probably be Larger Than Life because of, oh, yeah. of it be, because of it being on Napoleon Dynamite.
3: That was... Uh, that's the, Sharon will let us know in the chat if you don't already know, Max. You might well do. That's the video with the vampires, is that right?
4: No, it's the video where they're all dressed as massive like uh, robots. The one with the vampires is Backstreet's Back, where is they're it? all like uh, Halloween. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, wow, okay. I sound like I sound like a fan. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Disgusting in myself.
3: Oh man. Okie doke, Magsy, I know this is <laughs> out of order. But shall we scan through the
4: chat <laughs> you, I mean, before? you are always out of order, to be fair. <laughs> um,
3: shall we scan through the chat before it runs away from us, before we put forward our own thoughts about bands and music we may uh, I mean, enjoy? I
4: mean, I've already done band, so you mean huh. you before what, you Backstreet. put forward yours? Street. Yeah, Backstreet Boys and a Bit of Shed Seven and yeah, Oasis. Okay. Um, uh, five Nerds Go saying that his band is secretly A1. I mean, A1. Don't Slay One, they did a really good cover of Take On Me. Um, I think I think that was them.
3: Yeah, I, can, I think that's right. Sharon has said that to me before as well.
4: Um, then we've got Anya saying, uh, we all know Dad's favourite band is secretly One Direction. So what's your favourite One Direction song?
3: I'd, see, if I heard some, I'd know it was them. But are they the ones that do a song called Olivia? that gets played at our house trying to wind up my daughter Livy <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have on
4: no it. idea
3: but I don't I don't know a lot of One Direction to be honest it's not it's, it's not my bag it's not my cup of tea Backstreet Boys is kind of where I'd better take that maybe
4: Backstreet you Boys would take Robbie Williams I'd draw the line at those
3: yeah better fitting of, bit of, you kids uh, on the block mate
4: that. some I suppose yeah mm-hmm. Um, King's uh Pig's saying uh, yeah, uh, confirming that uh, Purple Eyes was definitely a cover. Uh, and Dan saying Alkaline Trio's angsty uh, pop punk. Um, and he's also morbidly intrigued by Vanilla as new metal. It, do- it sounds weird, doesn't it? I hope he doesn't go. It's not down the kind of a limbistic new metal style. I hope he's well, I better than that. Be.
3: New metal, saw that sort of corn, yeah. pepper roach. That all oh, they were, they, yeah. they were all that kind of time, weren't they?
4: Yeah, I suppose. Um, but I'm definitely going to check it out. So that'll be interesting. Um, Dan also says uh, my accent changed it to vanilla ass. <laughs> vanilla ass, <laughs> maybe more accurate. Um, Pigs mother saying favorite band the Dead Kennedys. Uh, California, California, Uber Allies kill the poor and no bad ones. Sharon says she doesn't know if you have seen, um, I can't remember who it was that you said you'd seen, or Beastie not Beastie Boys. Boys.
3: Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have. I, I'm fairly certain I'd remember that, wouldn't I?
4: That. And Sharon saying uh, she was listening to some Killswitch earlier, and yeah, saying uh, she loves Brooklyn Nan Nan as well. I mean, how can you not love Brooklyn Nan Nan? And Sharon um, saying, yeah, I think I think this is about larger than life. It's about how like the fans uh, like really kind of um, built up the Backstreet Boys, and that was song written for them. So yeah, mm. it is, I'm sure it's the one with them where they're all dressed as massive robots. Okay, yeah.
2: that's
3: a bit of a tune to be fair. That's a bit of a tune. It was difficult for me picking one band, Bagsy. And I'm really glad somebody else went to Iron Maiden, even though I didn't 100% agree with their choices, potentially. But again, it's each to their own. Um, Motorhead were the obvious choice, obviously, because I actually adore that band. But I went with Wasp, because you, you say to somebody about Motorhead, everyone knows the Ace of Spades, and that's always an introductory song, isn't it? So that's kind of already been took care of, in a way. Wasp, however, are a band... I mean, they're literally going to go out on their 40th anniversary tour. I think mean, they've started it already in the states, and they're coming through this country at the start of next year. Go and check them out live if you get the opportunity. They are an incredible live act. I mean, you don't do it for 40 years if it's shite, dear. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I, I love Wasp. I discovered the band sort of nine, ten years old, and just have loved them ever since. But I don't think they are as well known as some other bands from that same sort of era so i thought you know introductory songs um the obvious ones to me there's a track called well anya there in the chat jump out there saying love machine a love machine is a great record absolutely brilliant their first album is superb and that's off their first album but it's not it's not love machine and it's the two that i would recommend i would go for i want to be somebody which was their first big single because that is just a great piece of Sped up rock music, it's fantastic.
4: It, it, it sounds like a, a Whitney Houston cover,
3: it's definitely not, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I want to be somebody, is literally about wanting to be famous and wanting dirty calls and people harassing me. But I want to be somebody, and all that, it, it, it's great. Um, and if you catch the video on YouTube or whatever, it's even more comical. Because they've got shitty plastic skeletons. So they've got no money. So the skeletons in the set are crap. Like they're, they're worse than the ones you would use at school for like biology. And the miming is even worse than the skeletons. So that's quite funny to see. And lastly, the, the, probably their most well known record, I, I think, apart from I Wanna Be Somebody, is probably a track called Wildchild. I'm a Wild Child. of the guitar intro and that, that, those are the two that I would say check out Wild Child check out I Wanna Be Somebody there is so many more better songs but those two are absolute bangers they always play them live and that would be a great introduction to the band to avoid despite being one of my favourite musical artists of all time I find this incredibly easy and I could have picked quite a few different tracks because as great as Wasp can be some of it is absolute dog dirt so (laughs) you know and they do a cover of Um, Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting by Alton John. And it's quite easily one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. It is horrific. It is terrible. So that would be my one to avoid. It is terrible. But yeah, if you're interested in knowing about this band that I love, they're about to go on their 40th anniversary tour, I Want to Be Somebody and Wild Child by Wasp. Check them out. Just great 80s heavy metal. Brilliant stuff. Sounds good. There we go, mate. There we go. So then that brings us uh, to a close of our non-wrestling topic as always thank you so so much to everybody who sent in tweets and suggestions and lists and discussed your your loves of certain artists and again everyone in the chat as well putting forward suggestions in the chat and you know commenting on other people's uh, choices as well we say it every single week but we always mean it this show don't happen without you this is your show Chain Wrestling Live is your show. It doesn't happen if you are not here. So thank you so, so much, again, for all the interactions we get. What have we got there from Connor, my friend?
4: So Connor has said uh, there's an old song from the disco era called Love Shack. Can't remember the artist's name, but uh, it's better if you listen without too much context. Yeah, it's the that's the B-52s, isn't it, I yes. think?
3: That's right, yeah.
2: B-52s, yeah.
4: Yep. Yeah. Classic okay. song.
3: It is. It is indeed. But, Magsy, I suppose... You know, as the T-shirt says, we are a wrestling podcast, we promise. We better talk a bit of wrestling, have not we? Yes,
4: we shall.
2: With a tear in my eye,
4: this is the greatest moment in my life. Now, you may... now you may have noticed that that wasn't the 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 intro to this segment but somebody may not have done a new video for that audio Uh, yet
3: and who is that that somebody somebody,
4: may be me yes because he (laughs) forgot
3: Ah, but that works mate that works and also i love our little (laughs) silly music that has stuck with stuck with the show (laughs) since very the very beginning episode one so yeah so then mags you won the poll my friend
4: I know I'm on a fucking roll with these. I, I, I like winning. I know. Storming it. Yeah, storming I mean, it, mate. Like. And maybe I should have uh, mental health breakdowns more often if I'm going to be winning polls and stuff. <laughs> is it worth a sacrifice? <laughs> it, do you know what it is? I need the validation. <laughs>
3: oh man uh Jesus. your selection magazine was from one of my i suppose favorite eras of wrestling purely because of the return of, of Shawn michaels and everyone knows how <laughs> much of Shawn michaels mark i am this is from armageddon 2002 so the last pay-per-view of that year yep. and the first armageddon pay-per-view for a couple of years because the previous year the name was changed because the whole september 11th attacks and so on armageddon 2002 best two out of three fours three stages of hell the world champion Shawn michaels defending his title against triple h yep so there we go what what do what you know moments of wisdom do you have to give us on this then Magsy? what what did you think of this on your watch back
4: yeah uh, this is not a match that i've gone back and watched too many times which is uh considering that the the kind of star power in this match it's uh yeah r- surprising uh but going back and watching, I know why I've not gone back to watch it um mm. two great wrestlers, two of the very best that have ever uh stepped through the 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 ropes into the squared circle but this match just doesn't it doesn't live up to what it could have been um It was a hard watch, Mm. not because of the wrestlers and because of the work, but because it was so damn long. I think you're looking at like the best part of 40 minutes. Uh, And I get that a three stages of hell match is meant to be like a, a massive feud blow off um, kind of match. Uh, Loads and loads of stakes. But it just, I was finding myself getting distracted watching it because It was so damn long. Mm.
3: See, I've not got an issue with with the length of the match. I think we've seen matches longer than this on the show that we have praised. (laughs) Okada Omega pops in my mind. Uh, We spoke about how great those matches are and they tend to go this time or longer. I think barring one, there was maybe 20 minutes or so, I think, Magsy, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. but
4: I think that was the very first one. Right, okay.
3: Uh, We've seen matches that we have hugely praised that have gone half hour, 40 minutes or longer. So I've got no issue with the length of this match at all. I've got an issue with the pace of the match. I think it felt incredibly long because it was incredibly slow. And uh, obviously going into this match, Triple H is injured. We can see him limping right from the first minute. He's heavily taped up on his leg. And I think that has a real adverse effect on the quality of of the match that we we, we are reviewing today.
4: Yeah, I mean, that that obviously is a, a factor. Uh, and I think, I mean, we, you're talking about pacing of a match and the flow of a match. One thing that really jarred me about this match was having the cage in the middle of the match as the second fall having that kind of like time to wait for the cage to come down and then the cage to go back up the cage for me is the blow off that's that's the end uh and i think it 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 suffers and i get why they wanted the ladder match because show michael's made that iconic Mm -hmm. um but I think having the having the the street fight, then the cage match, it it felt maybe out of sync, a little bit disjointed. Uh, maybe it was that that kind of like threw me off a little bit.
3: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you mentioned there about the ladder match being involved because it's it's kind of Sean's Sean's match, isn't it? I guess he made he made it famous. Uh, we start with a recap before the match begins of th- the whole kind of feud, I guess, Sean coming back at SummerSlam in an absolute storming contest. First match mm-hmm. in four years. One of my favourite matches of all time. I loved it. And I'm pretty certain I gave that a 10 on this show when we reviewed it many, 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 many weeks ago. Sean obviously then goes into the Illumination Chamber at Survivor Series. Wins the world title there in those horrific brown tights and his nice little Dutch boy Bob haircut. Doesn't quite look like Sean Michaels to me, but okay, I'm just glad the guy's back at this point. This, as you said, is the blow-off for the feud. This is the mm-hmm. end of whether... Because after this, this is December 2002. After this, mm-hmm. the next pay-per-view is the War Rumble 2003. So we're having Triple H getting preoccupied with Scott Steiner. And Shawn Michaels is going into a program with Jericho for their great match at, at WrestleMania 19. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it kind of... This is it. They divide off after this, don't they? And go, go on with separate programs. Now, the recap we have beforehand running through all that we have Triple H sat there looking at a camera as Eric Bischoff is explaining the first fall is going to be a street fight and he's very happy and we hear Jerry Lawler's voice saying all that favours the game. And then we have the mention of the steel cage and again, Triple H looks happy. Bischoff, uh, sorry, Jerry Lawler on commentary mentions that favours the game as well. And then he says the final fall, if needed, will be a ladder match and Triple H's face drops and he looks generally concerned. So again, I can see why the ladder match is in there And because of the, I suppose, the way a ladder match finishes with grabbing the title, it kind of has to be the last fall for that to work. So maybe playing Devil's Advocate, would you have put the cage at the beginning instead? Do you think that might have made a
4: difference? I don't know. Um, I I think, uh, for me, a cage has to be the last fall. Uh, I would have taken the cage match out um, okay. maybe have had just a, a standard wrestling match, then a street fight, then if needed, the ladder match. I think that would have made a little bit more sense, but it, I can see why the cage in there, because you, you have to look like you're waiting the, the, the match in the favour of, of, uh, of Triple H. Um, so I, I get why all the elements are there, but just for me, watching them, uh, in the in the running order, the setting it just feels a little bit disjointed.
3: Mm. Yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. Uh, this set here, Armageddon. The, obviously, it comes into play later in the match. But there's flames and there's uh, a metal section either side of the entranceway. One says Raw, one says SmackDown. This mm-hmm. is this is cool, isn't it? The whole Armageddon thing is cool. The fire, the music, the fiend
4: tune to the pay per view. This is great. very very almost like junkyard looking um yeah yeah it, it was and it was unique how the the wrestlers came through the 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 curtain as well because normally obviously they they just pop through a curtain and nowadays it's it's like round the side and they come out of the main entrance this you can see like there's a big gap between like the the back um piece of corrugated metal and then the the side panels so you can see well around it it's, yeah it's a, a very um a very cool aesthetic. Uh, I, I, I thought that this is a very unique stage setting.
3: Hmm. Um,
4: Armageddon tends to
3: have these, doesn't it? I mean, there was a big castle at one stage, wasn't there? Or big like uh, turrets that are on fire and stuff for one Armageddon?
4: Yeah, around this time, it's when uh, WWE were really kind of pushing the B-level pay-per-views uh, stage. I think it's this is around the time when Backlash had the swinging hooks and things like that. Uh, hmm. Now it's it's very... It feels homogenized, especially with all the kind of like uh, the the CG uh, graphics of that Kevin yeah. Dunn masturbates masterbates over. Yeah, these older <laughs> sets um, uh, are are really really cool.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. As we mentioned, uh, Triple H comes out first as the challenger, rightfully bloody so. And he is taped up, but he still looks jacked to hell, doesn't he? He still looks like that is that is in t- in the early two thousands. That is what I want my world champion to look like.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he looks carved out of granite. Um, yeah. The long hair, the spitting of the water. Yeah, it's a it's a, a really cool look, and he's uh, got in tour um, Mister Flair, uh, who in the build up to this uh, said to uh, Shawn Michaels he needs to pass the baton on because if he doesn't, um, Triple H is going to kill him, which adds so much stakes, especially when you consider that. Sean Michael's hero was Ric Flair. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it just shows uh, the 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 stakes in this match.
3: Okay, well, you mentioned Flair there. I, I was going to bring it up later on, but let's just tackle it right now before I forget, basically. Um, here we've got two guys who, in my opinion, are historically the two best to ever do it in Shawn michaels and rick flair they're my two favorites and depending on what day you ask me it will change all the time as to who's one and who's two and you can never really fit a cigarette paper between them the difference between them is that minuscule now triple h multiple time world champion carried the company for many many years always involved in big feuds with the rock and austin and, and so on in your opinion Maxie, where does he fit in in the argument of greatest of all time or in that in, in, in different groups of the, is he that top tier with likes of flair or is he a bit lower down with with other names that you could possibly mention where does he fit in the, the scheme of greatest ever
4: yeah so for me he's uh trips is a quandary and I've, i think i've mentioned this before on maybe an episode of badlands or something like that uh if you look at his career and his accolades and his achievements in isolation this guy should very much be in the conversation for best of all time. Um, but he was in an era where you had Shawn Michaels. He was in an era where uh, after Shawn Michaels kind of dropped off, it went to Stone Cold. He, it, then it was The Rock. Um, it was Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle. He's He's an elite level wrestler, but he was never, for me... He was never the guy. Hmm. He was never the person that carried uh, the company. And when he was put in that position, uh, it's looked back at as a, a reign of terror. But you look back at when uh, Austin was, uh, was the top guy, it's beloved. You look back when uh, The Rock was the top guy, it's beloved. But when you look back at when Triple H was the top guy, it was him holding people down. It was him winning feuds that perhaps he shouldn't have win, always being in the top pitch. And I think that's perhaps a little bit unfair, but also kind of shows Triple H's position. He, he, he was probably the most hardworking wrestler because he, he had to compete with naturally talented people to stay on their level and he was, has been able to outlast every single one of them and have a, a, a record-breaking career and is now the top dog in the biggest com- company of the world so by rights he should be in that conversation but for me he there's always other people who had a bigger effect on the business than than he did it's a funny one for me because You look at the
3: list of matches that you could put together as being incredible matches that he was part of. His dancing partner, so to speak, his opponent, was always a top, top level guy. So the matches with Sean, SummerSlam, for example, 2002, one of my favorite matches of all time. Sean is there and makes that match for me, but Triple H is also there. It does take two. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania 17, great match with The Undertaker. The Undertaker makes that match for me, but Triple H is always is still there and it does take two. His matches with Taker in later WrestleManias, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like he's, I hate the term because, you know, obviously it was used very much by Triple H, ironically enough, but he's almost like that B plus player in that he is with somebody who maybe is on a slightly higher level than him. He's always there or thereabouts in mm-hmm. these classic matches that we look back on. He's always part of it. But he never quite gets the plaudits because his opponent is always viewed as being the guy that kind of makes it as good as it is.
4: Yeah, that that's a a really good point. Um, but I think that kind of downplays his talent because if he wasn't able to keep pace with those wrestlers, mm-hmm. that that match wouldn't be as classic as it is. Um, and so I think he's his body of work in wrestling is is a little bit underrated um but in terms of being a a goat in the conversation for the for the mount rushmore i don't think he is there for me because there is people who who've made way more of an impact
3: yeah that's fair enough mate that's fair enough uh sean comes out and i think he looks great yeah, because this is the first time.
4: Still, you know. still got that very short, like you said, yeah. Dutch white haircut. It's
3: a yeah. bit off, isn't it? Yeah, but he's it got the, the the glittery, daft, ridiculous half jacket. Mirror, the,
4: the mirror, the little circle mirror jacket. Yeah,
3: and he's he's doing the dance to his music, and all of a sudden he he here he looks like Shawn Michaels. He's not quite mm-hmm. yet because the hair hasn't grown back or whatever. But here he looks like Shawn Michaels to me. For the first time, obviously, the SummerSlam match he's in jeans and a t-shirt. Survivor series, he's in those horrible <laughs> poo-poo brown tights. This is the first big pay-per-view match. And of course, he's walking out with that big gold belt around his waist as well, which I actually adore. That belt is my favourite wrestler wearing my favourite title belt. And the red trunk the red tights with the, the Shaw Michaels hearts on it and all that. To me, this is the first time since his return after being away for four four years where it felt like Shawn Michaels was really back.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of weird how his title run was only, what, a month? Yeah. A month back on top, and he, he came back in 2002, was around till, what, 2010? Mm. And this was the only like, major world title run that he had.
3: Yeah, just that, did, that one he month. He didn't hold any any other singles. He had, he had a tag team title run. Yeah, he, he he didn't hold a singles title again. So, which is maybe.
4: Yeah, I mean, maybe that was his his choice. He uh, he was in the position where he could come and go as he pleases. What if he mm. like um, if a storyline interested him, he's, he's there. If not, then then he can kind of like go and do his own thing. But yeah, it. Was, it for how good uh people uh praise his 2002 run i mean we both said it's arguably the best run of his career mm. it's it's his least um he wins the least amount of accolades in that run it's yeah uh, it's a really interesting that his best work got him the least amount of of uh of achievements
3: yeah yeah definitely uh we have Ric Flair thrown out very early. We? <laughs> yes, I think we do. I think this is great because it's a street fight. So there's no DQ obviously. So that would basically make it a two on one. So it kind of makes sense in a storyline way to make it this one on one contest to, to start off the bat. So I mean, that's quite a clever thing they did.
4: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is. And, uh, it's not like Ric Flair won't be back later on, uh, <laughs> making, making an absolute tit of himself, uh, well uh you, you you're right it uh, it makes sense to throw him out of this because otherwise it this first fall would have been over pretty quickly with the with yeah. the numbers game
3: yeah uh being a street fight obviously weapons are involved and we get those very very early uh triple h is grabbing at trash cans and i mean under the ring is obviously the safest place to store all of this stuff apparently <laughs> yeah so we have a collection of yeah. tables ladders and all sorts under there but a trash can is first selected magazine, isn't it
4: yeah I mean that's where I always put my trash can and my kendo sticks under mm. a wrestling ring,
3: yeah for it's safe place
4: for them yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah right and that. These, these tables um end up being brought out pretty early um it starts off as um as a pretty much a tame version of a hardcore match, I suppose
3: yeah yeah like a true. PG
4: hardcore match <laughs>
3: um we get a moment where a Triple H on the outside and he's set up a trash can on the floor. And Michael's is doing like a kind of uh, a plancher, kind of springboard effort over the top rope to the floor. I'm assuming he is supposed to hit the trash can here. Yeah. But he's nowhere near, is he? <laughs> no. He, it was very misjudged. Hmm. Yes, it didn't go well. Uh, but then we see our first table coming out quite early on. And this is, I think this is where there's some good storytelling in this match. Whereas I, I, I didn't like the pacing of it and it felt slow and long, as we described, there were things in this match that, as a wrestling fan and looking how they're putting the match together, I did enjoy because it made sense. And the first mm-hmm. one was the building of the, I don't know, table fort, I suppose, on the, on the outside the, of the ring. The, <laughs> the table tower. <laughs> That's better. A table area. Yeah. Um, the first table comes out, starts getting set up. But here we can see Triple H. This is the first time I really notice him struggling. He's limping quite a bit, and he's mm-hmm. holding the back. But he's not. He's not doing the Bret Hart limp where he's selling an injury. It's this like is he's a genuine. Trying, yeah, he's trying not yeah. to limp, but can't help it. Max, isn't he's he?
4: trying to fight through it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, this is where I've got my first note saying shit. This is slow.
4: Yeah, this uh, this first fall is what I think it's like two thirds of the whole match. Uh-huh. Really, kind of uh, slow paced. Um, it does get exciting towards the end. Uh, obviously, we get uh, some um, some battling around the rings and into the into the apron and stuff like that. But when they start going up the uh, up the aisle. Uh, to the fire that's been there all the way throughout the pay-per-view uh, and Triple H, uh, he pulls out uh, Barbie the the 2 by 4 wrapped in barbed wire and he looks like he's going to absolutely cave Shawn Michaels heading with it and then he stops and we f- it, it almost looks like we're getting a little bit of compassion from Triple H he stops, like I'm going too far, rather than this is meant to be my best friend, and then he looks back and you clock exactly what he's gonna do with this with this barbed wire uh two by four puts it into the flames, sets it on fire, and this is where you think it's gonna get good uh mm. goes to goes to swing it towards uh to towards michael's uh but uh, he's able to uh kick him in the ribs. The the wood actually goes flying across the the aisle and and lands right up against the the uh, the barricade for the fans. So these fans literally could touch this flaming metal um, barbed wire. Um, the flames were very to my clear my as foot. well. Up
3: against that, uh, when it was against the, it was almost like they had the, the the crowd barrier to almost ride up against. And there were people like putting their arms across, and you're thinking, my God, that's that's dangerous. That's a yeah. lawsuit waiting um, to happen, isn't it? <laughs>
4: Exactly. Uh, But we see uh, Michael's picking up and he lamps Triple H in the face with it. Um, You can tell that uh, he doesn't quite make contact because there's no scalded skin or anything like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Trips Trips does a really good job of uh, of blading uh, and the blood starts pouring out of him.
3: Yes, and that's the first person of many that we're going to see bleeding all over the place isn't it mags it's, it it's a reoccurring thing from this moment on um before this however we did have a, a figure four spot as well didn't we that seems to we go did. on for what felt like forever that, well, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah forever forever forever
3: <laughs> it went on so long uh but again i wonder how much of this is done because Triple H isn't as mobile as he was. You want. You've got very well as well. His opponent has, has barely been in the ring for four years.
4: Mm-hmm. So this is, a, yeah, I think up, up to some he'd only had two matches. It was SummerSlam so. and, and the Elimination Chamber. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, so was, you've got a guy very who hasn't green. Yeah, <laughs> you got a guy who hasn't wrestled. And then you've got another guy who's on one leg. So I kind of look at it and think certain aspects of this match were done in a way to maybe help. With the shortcomings of Triple H there, because he would have been mm-hmm. carrying that, wouldn't he? Let's be honest.
4: Yeah, uh, and it, I suppose it it builds up excitement once you get that first fall, and then you can bring it home uh, quickly in, in the in the other two uh, falls. But yeah, you, you're right. This this dragged, and there were points in this in this first fall where you could tell there was a lot of stalling for time.
3: Mm. Yeah, but I mean, when we get to the actual finish, well, first of all, before we get there, that, that the I want to discuss moves onto an open chair because I've got such an appreciation for this. We see it a lot with Triple H onto Shawn Michaels with regards to the back injury. We saw it at SummerSlam and so on. The, the chair is open, so in the seated position, I guess, and rather than deliver a backbreaker across his knee, he delivers a backbreaker, almost like a side slam, Mm-hmm. To Shawn Michaels onto the chair on this occasion in this match, Michaels actually came to it and does it to Triple H. But I love that. I think that looks so so brutal without, I suppose, being that dangerous. Really,
4: yeah, you're right. And, and then it, it 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 comes into effect later on in the match, uh, going towards uh, the finish when. Uh uh michael set up uh, sets up a chair and uh trips uh does the drop to hold and michael's hits that mm. chair first first yes yeah, uh yeah. great story to tell by both the guys
3: that was that was the next one i was going to mention actually about right? the, the, mm-hmm. the sort of moves onto an open chair the drop toe hold and we see that fairly regular even now in modern day wrestling but the sort of the the backbreaker onto the open chair i don't think we see that much anymore really not
4: norm- no, normally it's uh, two chairs face to face mm. to make almost like a fake table where yeah. yeah this is just the one chair
3: but the drop toe hold face first onto a chair i think we still see pretty regular and mm-hmm. I, I think that is done really really well here and then uh, this i really enjoyed sean michaels does is is nip up as they call it onto his feet but by this point he's already suffered a a bit of an injury to his knee that triple h has been working over and so on on the outside and that Mm -hmm. he nips up wobbles a little bit because of his bad knee and triple h just smells blood and boom hits him with a chop block right to the back of that knee and it's that was the most uh, that that really that really got me because it was the most realistic moment i think of this whole first fall that's exactly what triple h would do you know they call him the cerebral assassin and all he sees a weakness bang hits it tactically if you're trying to win a wrestling match
4: that makes perfect sense yeah it was um of of all the wrestling in this first fall that was the the one the bit with the most pace because like Mm. I said he he sensed the the weakness uh chops the the knee and then straight away into the into the pedigree and get gets gets the pin maybe we didn't need the 20 minutes or so that came before that maybe that could have been shaved <laughs> down to maybe like yeah. 10 minutes uh but yeah that that um what the thing that, that got me about that that four was um was just before that when uh, um i think it's hunter hits a ddt and you see how both guys are just absolutely spent really kind of like selling just how brutal this this match has been uh and then obviously that leads to uh the the first attempt at a pedigree then Shawn michaels gets out uh kick up and then the the chop block but yeah that that last thirty seconds or so was was probably the most exciting part of that first fall for me,
3: yeah it was really well done really well done. And then the cage comes down, Maxie, doesn't it? Because obviously Triple H has won the first fall there. Now, mm-hmm. again, this, this takes a while, obviously. They've got to bring the cage down, strap it in place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I did quite like the fact that... I mean, I've, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I watched this match with Charlie. I called her into the room and said, do you want to watch this? And she sat down and watched the whole thing with me. And she said, well, at least they can't get any weapons in there now because the cage is going to close it up. But then as the cage is coming down, Triple H is throwing weapons in, almost in preparation for being locked in
4: this cage. (laughs) He heard heard what Charlie said and went, hold my beer, watch
3: this. (laughs) Exactly. And I thought that is such a clever, clever thing to be able to get those weapons and tables and all sorts in there as the cage is coming down you know, because obviously they're not going to stop the cage, to take them all out. It is what it is. And the referees are panicking a little bit as well. Cause the cage is coming down. They got to strap it in place and we're, we're live on pay-per-view. You know, we're eating television time, I guess. I thought that was quite good, Max.
4: Yeah. 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 It, and it, it plays into triple H being the c- cerebral assassin. He knows that he's got an advantage in a street fat style match. Um, why not bring that that advantage into the second second fall? It, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Um, one thing that uh, starts this match off, this uh, fall off pretty, uh, on, a, on a sour note for me, is how obvious uh, Shawn Michaels' blades. Um, yeah. Like, in not, not only do you see it pretty clearly first go around, but when they do a replay, you see it, even more clearly um and we get it it's it's wrestling uh this match needs um it needs the blood it needs the claret to show how intense it is but jesus christ he may as well have just done done it up in front of the camera it was so blatant
3: see i will see your blatant Shawn michaels blading and i
4: will,
3: <laughs> and I will raise you rick flair Bladed. yes
4: blatant. yes <laughs> jesus wept he's
3: literally picking the blade out of his pocket on the way down and adjusting <laughs> it before before he's hit the mat he's like oh you know has the camera as the camera caught this yet can you see what i'm doing it's you know come on lads bloody hell you're supposed <laughs> to be the best in the business
4: yep
0: oh man
3: it, i mean flair obviously comes back down start setting up more tables on the outside again uh, clever bit of storytelling there we've got the we have got the parts with sean's back which are obviously part of the story because of his history we've got the parts with sean's knee injury now that he's working over as well which is keeps popping up back through the story again led to the first four and now we've got this this tower of tables as you, as you worded it, Maxie, getting built on the outside that you almost forget about every time something happens to it because we're taken that- away to uh, something else aren't we
4: and I think that's the beauty of, uh, of using tables in a match. Um, that when you are setting up a table and everybody's looking for that table spot to happen, and then the the match goes in a different direction, you forget that that table's there. Hmm. But that shows the um, the cleverness of the of the wrestlers knowing that that spot's coming up, rather than uh, set it up at the time. They're working it into the match. They're working, setting those up as, as uh, an element of the match and and then we get the payoff later on. It's really, really good storytelling.
3: Yeah, that is clever. With regards to the whole Ric Flair um, situation, we're talking about him blading. We need to mention he obviously gets into the cage and so on. It becomes two-on-one for a moment. Triple H is you know, sort of took out of commission, I guess. He's towards one of the corners out of the way for for a few minutes. So Michaels is dealing with flair, hits a switch in music and a few other bits and bobs there. Do you think this was done to allow Triple H some time? Because obviously the guy is struggling. He's, he's incredibly taped up and he's limping. We know how he operates. He can have all sorts of injuries there, but he will tough it up, I suppose, or man up or however these horrible terms are and try and get through injured. Do you think this was done maybe to give him... A breather,
4: potentially. Yeah, so Flair is is like the the cover to give Triple H yeah. a, a bit of time off. Yeah. Absolutely makes sense. I mean mm, that's okay. the whole point of uh that's the whole point of, of Flair in this era, that he's uh the guy to, to take the pressure off uh Triple H. Um he we know he can take a bump, we know he can uh he can um have a wrestling match with the best of him. It makes sense to for Flair to to be used in that position uh, it would not surprise me if this wasn't kind of a like an audible call uh, that flair came back because he was uh, he was ejected early on into the match so that should mean that flair has no involvement whatsoever um, mm-hmm. but he then comes back down and and the referees don't don't reject him, they just he's just allowed to, to get involved in the match. So, yeah, I think that was done purposely to, to make sure Hunter could last all the way through the match.
3: Charlie explained that away as initially she went, well, Why is he back? He's been sent away. Why is he back? And then she sat there for a few moments and went, uh, Okay, it is a separate fall, though, isn't
4: it? again good point great point yeah yeah. logic
3: I guess from, from my 12 year old there
4: and um, and plus it, if you're having Ric Flair on a pay-per-view he has he has to bleed there's just yeah of course so we needed we needed him to come back out and, and get the Crimson Mask
3: of course, of course.
4: <laughs> and, the... and then he, then he's dragged away by the yeah. referees.
3: <laughs> he, he is gushing, isn't he? He there's blood it's...
4: everywhere. <laughs> he loves blood. He must chew aspirin for fun. Because his <laughs> blood just comes it comes out like water.
3: Yeah. That'll be all the alcohol, wouldn't it? The alcohol thins the blood.
4: <laughs> the alcohol and the cocaine.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um the finish to the second four. I suppose it comes relatively quickly. We don't see Triple H much in this four, do we? There's a lot of flair, a lot of nonsense. Mm -hmm. And then we get a table in the ring and Triple H put on the table. Michaels climbs to the top of the cage, hits a splash. And if Triple H's (sighs) leg didn't hurt before that, the way the table broke... And then Sean grabbed the injured leg to hook it for the pinfall. If it wasn't already injured, he's just fucked his mate up there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean,
4: that the 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 splash was horrible. I hated it. I hated everything about it. It it felt like Michael's just collapsed off the off the top of the cage. There was no kind of air, like there was no jump. Um, it just felt like he just fell Onto mm. Triple H um, But Props to to the three guys involved For, for covering Triple H's uh, Injuries there um, I've got to give them that I think uh, Flair takes uh, the sweetie music and then I think Triple H takes it As well, sets up on the table This fall what is about what 8 minutes Maybe 9 minutes yeah, It's, it's really quick. Quick, quick for a, a, a cage Fall um, but yeah, you are right, Triple H going through that table. That must have hurt. And then, like <laughs> uh, Joe Michaels grabbing his his injured leg. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bit of bullshit <laughs> from his mate.
2: Yeah,
3: that was. The, yeah, I wonder if he said anything backstage. I hope so. Um, <laughs> that takes us to the the third and decisive fall. I mean, who'd have thunk it? Hey, eh? who'd have fought it? It's gone to yeah, a I
4: third mean, uh, how many? Why? How many? How many two out of three falls matches have only gone
3: 2-0? I was thinking this the other, the earlier on. I, I
4: remember matched. I remember seeing one, and I'm sure it's another Triple H one, where he wins
3: 2-0. Yes, that's, they mentioned that. Was it against Austin?
4: Yeah, I think it is.
3: Yeah, but and there, there is a is. WCW one. There's a tag match. I think it was at a clash of champions. and It might have been Flair and Anderson versus the Hollywood Blondes and that finished 2-0 and the final fall ended on a DQ so it was double shit <clears throat> oh that's grim I'm fairly certain that's who was it I'll, I'll have to check it out but I'm fairly certain that was what it was it was a Clash of the Champions match so I'm pretty certain it was Hollywood Blondes and Flair was involved as well So, but I can't remember many more
4: no I mean it makes sense that you, have, you use all three of the falls
3: mm. yeah yeah very true very true So the third four is a ladder match, which in theory should favor Shawn Michaels because that's the match he made famous, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, The first thing that I noticed and then was verbalized by my daughter as she was watching as well, that belt is hung very, very, very high up. That's Mm -hmm. higher than I normally view the belt to be. But then you see when they get the first
4: ladder, right? Oh, that's why, because that ladder is enormous. Cause, they, Cause they've got the big old ladders out. Yeah, none of those little uh, tin foil ladders that collapse in as soon as you put one foot on them. They've got the big bad boys. Um, one thing I did uh, giggle at was when um, you see Flair being essentially carried out of the arena you, uh you get the the referee hooking the the belt to i think it's jack dawn um hooking the belt onto the the um the the rope and he looks at flair and he just has this look of i couldn't give a shit that you're bleeding just get out of the <laughs> ring uh and yeah and then we start what is may well be the shortest ladder match in history
3: we also, we also have um, an issue with the belt as well. They're trying to hang it, but it's going up. The thing that it hangs on, the loop is going up, and you see one referee shape. You've got to sort of look out the corner of the screen because it's following flair and looking at other stuff. But the, the thing the belt hangs on is going up, and they've not done it up yet. And the one referee starts yelling across to somebody else to get you know, Stop. Give me <laughs> Can you imagine that? If it went up and they like the refs just still stood there holding the title, like, oh shit, I'm in trouble.
4: Yeah. I'm the winner. <laughs> yeah. and and maybe that's conference. why maybe that's why they went with Velcro uh, fastenings instead of like the push buttons.
3: Oh, we were talking about this whilst watching the EW pay per view because Charlie asked um, when the Bucks and Omega won the trios title, she asked, why are they putting the belts on backwards? And we we're like, well, it's easier with the fasteners, the poppers and so on. And then we said, mm-hmm. that, like um, belts in WWE having Velcro on them. And again, it just feels back. wrong. sounds like it's a toy, you know, it's, a <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, we have the big, the big ladder. The belt is hung incredibly high. Um, Shawn Michaels, attempts another splash here and it looks like absolute shit and i love sean but my god this is crap
4: two he, he goes all for two in splashes uh yes. in this match for me terrible terrible splashes um yeah That's it's not a thing yeah. he's he i i don't know whether he was kind of uh trying to uh pay homage to superfly uh jimmy snooker or something like that but yeah don't do splashes, Shawn Michaels. If you're doing a, a half flame move, do the do the elbow drop. That's what you're good at. The splash is not your thing. Mm, no, it's not a good
3: look. Apart from at WrestleMania 10, that was a good splash. The mullet yeah. flying behind him in the wind. <laughs> yeah, that's a force. <laughs> um, Triple H. Eventually, we, we get to a stage where I mean, it's, it's your usual ladder match nonsense, especially with two guys who at this stage have gone 35 odd minutes. One of them's got a knackered leg. One of them's only wrestled two or three times in the space of four years. They're going to be struggling a little bit here. Uh, Who is that? King Pigs Flutters.
4: Uh, he's saying that MVP beat Chris Benoit, uh, two straight falls for the US title. Uh, yeah, I seem okay. to remember that one as well. Yeah.
3: Uh, okay, fair play. Good shape. I, I don't remember that myself, yeah. but yeah, that's a great shape. We get the, it's a very slow, methodical. I suppose plodding pace.
4: <laughs> he's back again. He's just proving us wrong. He's making you're making us look like we have no clue what we're talking about. Foley versus Flair, Avengers, 2006. two thousand six, two straight falls. He's playing he's sat there googling <laughs> <cubing> this
2: shit.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll get them bastards. Look at this. I'll bring up a whole list. <laughs>
4: that, that's what they get for not liking Nottingham Rock. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but
3: again it, not a lot happens in this this fall there's yeah. more both more guys are table. knackered
4: yeah exactly both guys yeah. are absolutely knackered
3: you get in the crazy slow climb I mean you wouldn't want Shawn Michaels or Triple H to, to be painters and decorators would you it would take her three <laughs> weeks to hang your wallpaper it's insane <laughs> how long it takes them to get up a bloody ladder and they're like yeah. oh and then they grab a leg and they fall back down and all the, I mean, don't get me wrong physical exhaustion I fully understand I experience, but it it just it's
4: climbing a fucking ladder. It's yeah, climbing man. a ladder, lads. Get it done yeah. properly.
3: Uh, yes, indeed, we get a pedigree by Triple H, which is quite a good, um, quite a good, I suppose, throwback to the first fall because that's how he won mm-hmm. the first four with his finish. But it's quite a messy pedigree, and again, we see that yeah. the guy is obviously struggling with that knee, that, that that leg injury. Sorry, Max.
4: Yeah, it definitely looked rough, and and you can see that that trips is is got been through the wars in this. Um he's absolutely he's just he's just riddled in pain. Yeah. Um so that looks looks pretty rough.
3: Yeah, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. Uh, but I mean not long after that, Shaw Michaels hits um Sweet Cheer Music, which sends Triple H to the outside. And then Michael starts the incredibly slow but also very long climb because that ladder, as we mentioned, is ridiculously big. doesn't need to be that big, let's be honest. You know, that Maxie there. doing the, the, For the sake of those on the audio version, is doing a very good convincing <laughs> impression of Shawn Michaels taking six months to climb a ladder. Um, <laughs> as he gets near the top, however, and he's actually got hold of the belt, hasn't he? He's got one hand on the belt at least. Yep. We can see the crowd behind Shawn. Reacting to something, and it's not just the fact he's getting close to the belt. And the camera work here, I think, is very well done because obviously Triple H at this stage has got up, got back in the ring, and he's against the side of the ladder. Um, as the hard cam is looking at it, he is to the right by the announcer's desk and so on, and he is pushing the ladder towards the entranceway, which is on the left hand side of the hard cam as we look at it as a viewer. But we don't see that straight away, we just see the crowd react because mm-hmm. of the angle we have. I think that was very well done, A Simple little thing, but for the viewer at home, I mean, that's quite a nice way of doing that.
4: Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> because as a, as a viewer, uh, you think the, the crowd are reacting because Shawn Michaels is going gonna, is gonna to retain the towel. But then mm. when the camera does pan and you see Triple H and he slowly pushes the uh, the ladder And then this is where those tables that have been set up some 30 minutes before and then uh, added to some like 10, 15 minutes before, that's where they come into play. Uh, Shawn Michaels is uh, pushed, does the the classic leap at at the end of the the fall through the tables and he hits those tables hard. I mean, it's not... I mean, every time you fall through tables, it hits hard, but he plows through uh, uh, three of the tables and then the, the one at the very top. It almost decapitates him uh, and he has to kind of like almost kick it out of the way uh, and he ends up with his body underneath the table but then his leg on top of the table. Brilliant, brilliant bump. Uh, well taken by Shawn Michaels and that leaves Triple H free to to quickly climb the ladder and win the title
3: yes and so begins what shall be known as the reign of terror because after this we have all the stuff with booker t scott steiner and everyone else that basically people say mm, maybe they could have had a world title run here and triple h was like oh no 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 not by the skin on my big fat <laughs> nose
2: that's not gonna happen
3: you know so ah <laughs> uh, Magsy, in oh. summary then what are your thoughts on ultimately out of 10 my friend
4: yeah i mean it's it's disappointing because this could have been so much better with the talent in the ring th- this should have been gold uh, and for me the the kind of disjointed um booking of the match the length of the match uh triple h going in with the with the injury which clearly had an impact going uh through the later falls it's it's just it was a it felt like a letdown like it could have been so much more but it was still not the worst thing that we've ever watched it was still great wrestling great storytelling um flair coming and and uh and blading adds to the comedy uh, (laughs) so i can't be that harsh on it um but it's not it's not going to be an all-time classic so for me um i think a six maybe six and a half yeah i think i'll go with six and a half
3: it'll amaze you to know that as a Shawn michaels match
4: i've given a a (laughs) 10
3: (laughs) ten I've actually given it lower than you if you're going six and a half I've got six so I don't think still
4: in the same ballpark
3: yeah yeah of course of course very much you know not too far off but I don't think we've reviewed a Shawn Michaels match and I've given it a lower rating than you because
4: I am a little bit biased so (laughs) I I think the issue is that we were so spoiled with the the SummerSlam match Mm mm-hmm yep that that it it struggled to, to live up to that and
3: the, and the elimination chamber as well was a very good contest, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my my overall feelings in, in summary of it was, I mean, I've, I've literally got the notes in front of me here saying what could have been? Mm-hmm. What yeah. could have been? If if Triple H was not injured, what could this have been? Yeah. What did they have in store, in store sorry, for us that we didn't see? What did they have planned that they had to uh, you know, cut out? I mean, Flair mm-hmm. coming back, he came back for a reason, as you said, magsy with Triple H struggling with the injury and so on. If Flair didn't come back, what would have been that segment of the match? What could have been? Because in this is the blow-off and, and a, a fantastic stipulation. Two out of three fours is, is great in, on its own. But each four having um, an added stipulation, this could have been superb. Especially looking at what we had previously from these two guys. So yeah, my, my summary is like 6 out of 10. What could have been though? That's always going to be the yeah. question for me when it comes to the main event here of Armageddon 2002.
4: Well summed up. Really, really well. This, this sh- should have been so much better. Mm. And yet it was still pretty good. I mean, when, you're, when you can still have a, a good match and it be disappointing that shows just the level that these guys were on mm.
3: yes very much so very much so i want to give quick shout out to mr benny mack who popped in and said evening fellas not long ago as Hello, we were sir. discussing um benny is doing fantastic work on the sjp world media network with the nothingness show that comes out on a sunday and mm-hmm. uh, in the corner as well taking a look at wwe well basically every show raw smackdown he watches so you don't have to it, and it's great i love it and brilliant i was on in the corner today the show has already dropped on the network reviewing clash at the castle and i had a great time talking to benny we we discussed all sorts of different aspects so go and check that show out as well uh, fantastic Definitely. podcaster fantastic talent check out everything benny does it's well worth listening to um maxi where do we go next week my friend
4: okay so with this being uh the debut episode on on the new network uh i wanted to change up um the link the way i link matches uh
0: instead I of mean, going with
4: the to classic the rules i'm actually i mean there is a link it is definitely linking to the to this match uh, but normally okay. we pick a wrestler or in a, uh, an event or a stadium. Um, my link is a little bit um, more tenuous than that. So in this match, we had Triple H versus HBK. Uh, and that got me thinking just how much the wrestling world loves naming things with three letters. So obviously okay. you've got... You've got WCW, WWE, AEW. Most wrestling companies have a three-letter name. Then in terms of wrestlers, you've got Triple H, HBK, m M&M, um, RKO, lots of kind of like um, linking to three letters as, as the name. And for me there's one that I, that I haven't mentioned which is probably one of the um, a, one of the people who, who kind of carried the WWE or specifically SmackDown for, for quite a while uh, and that's JBL. Ooh, and we haven't yeah. had a lot of jbl on the show um and he had one um career defining feud for me uh the the one with eddie guerrero um so i thought let's go back to how that started uh eddie guerrero and jbl uh, that feud was uh, i think it was very early i think it was actually the first feud that jbl had um, post-APA when he started with the kind of uh, the rich Texan kind of cowboy um, character
3: three initials again there look APA
4: yeah exactly it's just everywhere it's just the wrestling biz CWF the three most important letters in the wrestling world all night mate (laughs) <laughs> thought, exactly. Um, so I am going to link to a match. Uh, I'm going to link to Eddie Guerrero uh, facing off against JBL from Judgment Day 2004, the first match of their uh, um, their trilogy of, of matches of the WWE the title.
3: Okay, refresh my memory, Maxi. Is this the one with the blood?
4: This is the one where um, JBL kicks a lot of Mexicans back over the border.
3: Right. Okay. Now, JBL at this time, I thought was superb because he got so much heat and little touches, like when he walked to the ring and he'd, shake, he'd go over and see a baby and then he'd turn his back and put anti-pack gel on his hands and stuff because he's touched one, one of the audience. It, great character. It is the, ma- it is the
4: match... W- it is the match with Eddie Guerrero losing loads of blood as well.
3: Yeah, that is that is a really, really I mean, it's remembered for that blood loss, but mm-hmm. it's not just about that. It's brilliant. I mean, Guerrero is fantastic. JBL is
4: incredible at this time. Yeah, and it the match under, underrated as as yep, a, exactly. a champion. Very, very yes. underrated. Totally, totally. And not a nobber of a person, but underrated mm-hmm. as a as a WWE champion.
3: And the match itself, again, remembered for the famous pictures, images, clips you'll see of the blood and what. But it's not just that. It's a really, really good match. Big guy versus little guy. Proper popular baby face versus despised heel. You know, right up until the blood spot and so on, the, 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 the chair shot that caused the, 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 the big cut and so on. Such a good match, Magazine. That is fantastic. That's a great shape.
4: Hopefully I can keep up my winning ways. Like, for me, I've got two
3: options. One I put up on the poll before, and it lost, but it's one of my favourite matches of all time. There's a possibility it will get a ten. It's that good, but it does involve Chris Benoit, so I'm always a bit. Uh, do you know, I don't want to go obviously not into details. Everyone's fully aware, but I'm always a little bit like, mm. and I fucking hate Benoit for for that. As well as what mm-hmm. he did for making me not be able to just to go, oh yeah, let's go to this because it's great. I got a second guess what I like in wrestling now because of that piece of shit and what he fucking did that night. Yeah. <sighs> so, on that note, I'm not going to go with that one. I'm going to go with the other one. Fuck it. I can't, I can't in my right mind pick Benoit. I know we've had the conversation before and everyone in the CWF um, uh, came forward and said it's fine. If you want to pick a Benoit match, we'll pick a Benoit match. But I, I, some days I think I can do it, some days I don't. I'm going to go with something else. Uh, I'm going to use Shawn Michaels as the link, which will be no surprise to anybody because if I get a chance to watch more Shawn, I will do it. Uh, I'm going to go to 2007 and potentially, well, what was called the best match of Monday Night Raw that year. And it also features quite highly when there's ever any of these lists of the best Monday Night Raw matches of all time and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And it was a rematch from that year's Wrestlemania main event and we have Shawn Michaels uh, April the 23rd 2007 in London I believe facing John Cena for the WWE Championship and mm. they are given effectively the match doesn't go an hour but because of adverts and so on but they are given effectively the last hour of the TV show and just told go out there and tell us a story and as I said it was it was voted um, I don't know whereabouts but it was voted the best raw match of 2007 and when you see these countdowns of best matches in raw history you always get Perfect versus Flair Lose or Lose Town in 93 and all, all, all this stuff the usuals popping up Magsy, but this one is always in the reckoning as well it doesn't win normally but it's always quite up there I've not seen this match in a long long time i was all about Shawn michaels beating cena in 2007 at wrestlemania didn't happen when they had the rematch in london and it went as long as it did i honestly i stayed up i watched it live i was i was probably sat there like a silly little mark of my Shawn michaels t-shirt cheering on my hero so i think we could go back and have a little look at that i mean cena in 2007 a lot of people hate the guy, but that year, yeah. in-ring, John Cena was superb. So many great matches he was involved in, and it's not always about who you're against. Cena was very good in 2007 before that injury hit him.
4: Yeah, he he was carrying the company. Mm. He was having big... It, that was big match Cena all the time, and yeah, I think this is around the time when fans were really kind of starting to to turn on, on Cena, but yeah, the, from what I remember of this match... It's a belter. An absolute belter. So two great picks. Two really, really good picks.
3: Yes. And from a similar sort of era as well. That kind of (laughs) mid-2000s. But yeah, those are your choices. Anyway, we have JBL versus Eddie Guerrero from Judgment Day 2004. Good guy versus bad guy. Heel versus face. Lots of blood. Fantastic action. And Eddie Guerrero is just an absolute star in everything the guy has ever done. Or... We go to the April 23rd, 2007 edition of Monday Night Raw. And we take a look at John Cena wrestling Shawn Michaels for the best part of an hour and tearing the freaking house down. Those are your choices. The poll will be up on our Twitter account at Chain underscore Wrestling later in the week after the audio version has come out. It will be up before Sunday this week. But I had a few things pop up and I was busy and, you know, I went to a WWE show, so <laughs> I don't care. Um, we have...
2: <laughs> so fuck you.
3: <laughs> but they will be up very well after the audio version hits you. Uh, thank you so, so, so much to everybody for following mm-hmm. us across to our new platform, our own platform, SJP World Media here um i don't think chain wrestling is going to be the only live show that comes out on this there's talks already with other people but that may be a long way off we'll see how we go but as always as as my wife always says it's monday night you know what that means it's chain wrestling (laughs) live. so thank (laughs) you so much for following us here people watching on facebook and so on it's honestly it it means so much to me and i know it means a lot to magsy as well it's it's fantastic without you this show doesn't exist so thank yep, you so absolutely. much for all your interactions. Maxie. is there anything in the chat we want to look at before we depart? Or
4: uh, Let's have a quick look. Um, uh, Scott is saying that HBK would be a horrible painter and decorator. <laughs> yeah he absolutely would. and he says that bump through the tables is uh is so good uh pigs bladder uh love watching live for a change great show and uh, we you, massively appreciate you as well I massively appreciate you thank you for for coming across and and to echo what sar says um thank you all for 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 coming and 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 joining um i know how easy is with the amount of content on on youtube um you didn't have to do that and we massively appreciate you coming with us it's a big change it's been a big uh change for us uh coming over to to um to sjp and 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 starting (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but the the minute you guys all showed up in the chat it it, we knew that that it was going to be as good as the radio text and again as i said at the beginning of the show uh thanks to tanner thanks to matt everybody of that uh radio techs team nobody is uh is left with any bad blood we're uh we're all still the the very best of friends um and thanks to uh, you magazine
3: as well let's not let's sorry to interrupt you there but i keep doing that i'm so sorry you do you're but- fucking ignorant. i'll I'll be honest i'm not that sorry (laughs) Uh, well um (laughs) but thanks to you as well Magsy, because it's very easy to sit and say thank you to tanner and rightfully so by the way i'm not taking away from that it's very easy to say thank you to tanner for chain wrestling uh, and chain wrestling live on on there and, and so on it's very easy to say thank you to matt for the same reasons and again rightfully so two absolute diamond fellas i cannot wait until they're back creating content together, football-wise, and so on. And obviously, Matt is still putting stuff out there. So go and check out Good Cop, Bad Cop, and all the stuff he's involved in at the Matt Attack UK on Twitter. And also watch Reddit at Radio Techers on Twitter as well. Follow that, because when <laughs> it comes back, you don't want to miss out. But it's very easy to say, thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Matt. But thank you, magsy because it weren't them two and you just tagging along. You were as important, if not more so, you were well, definitely a- more so you were you know, you were a huge aspect of radio techers and you were the one who came to me and said i want to do this i didn't want to do this i was nervous i was shitting myself i you know i, I think i lost a, a, about half a stone in sweat the first time we went live yeah <laughs> so <laughs> you know yes thank you tanner of course yes thank you matt of course but Maxie, thank you as well because none of this would be happening if you hadn't stuck your neck out and said let's do this on techers that Uh, and uh, you starting techers let's not forget that as well you tanner and matt starting techers it wasn't one or two or a different combination of what it was the three of you together so you know thank you
4: i appreciate that um it just seems through my podcasting career in, in inverted commas i've been involved in some really cool projects that have uh burnt brightly and, and kind of like faded quickly and uh thankfully radio tech is not going to be like that and uh the guys are, uh, are going to be back better than ever it's just real life happens uh i had my issues tanner and matt have got uh, have got their their real lives uh, uh to to deal with so unfortunately just the 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 it just fell apart time wise schedule wise it just wasn't something that uh, that could could uh, happen at that time but it will come back and they'll be as uh, as as good as ever but um it- uh, excited to be part of this new journey with uh, with you and uh, the amazing team that that you've got with uh, SJP. Um, and it's it's cool. And I've said this to you in in uh, in in uh, the background, and I've said it to to some of the guys in the techers chat. It's cool just being part a background, part of the background now, part a, a bit part player in it instead of having that the the pressure of the being the face of the of the 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 network and putting out so much content um i'm now i'm enjoying doing this i re, it's one of the highlights of my week uh, but and it's not feeling forced if you understand what i mean yeah um so not that i mean it, that sounds like i'm bad my radio tech is absolutely not i absolutely loved all the content that i made there but i know uh, mentally um I wasn't in the best place, um, and I was doing content to fill time rather than have a passion uh, about doing the content. Whereas now I'm in a better place mentally, um, and I'm, I am passionate about this show. I've always been passionate about this show from from day one of the 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 audio At times. It's it's the highlight of my week. It's not even about the audio. It's about having a chat with you, and now a chat with the. The rest of the CDF. So yeah, massively appreciate every single one of you for coming along this this journey with us. And uh yeah, um thank you. Just a, a yeah. huge, huge thank you.
3: Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Uh, we have Dan Griffin in the chat saying obligatory fifty fifty mm. comment of the week for crying out loud. We've gone two and <laughs> hours, twenty minutes. On, on just one match don't give us two um and Sharon here probably a good one to finish with subscribe 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 yes Magsy what is it they need to do because i don't really know is a bell or something
4: so first of all give it a like cuz uh, apparently at uh, the algorithm uh uh works now. favor if you if you like the uh, the video um subscribe so you know uh, you're you'll always be available for 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 when um, content drops on sjp and not like i said not just chain wrestling but also other other projects up in the pipeline but then definitely hit the uh, the notification bell uh so that when we do go live or where some content drops it'll come into your inbox and you'll be informed that it's there for you to go and check out so yeah definitely do that
3: exactly Mark Z at podfather mags on twitter people should follow you St-
4: Still, I've actually retweeted and liked some stuff uh, this week. In fact, I have I've even tweeted as well this week, so it's slowly, slowly coming back. Uh, but yeah, follow me down here at Podfather Mags. If I reply, um, bully for you. If not, so was, um Yeah, I think I'm blocked. <laughs> yeah, but you you get around that by having about fifty different Twitter accounts for all the yeah. content that you're involved in. Uh, you can also follow me on tiktok as well uh I, i'm all over that apparently i'm a big thing there uh mm. at so it's, all pods. It's, it's, it's when you get your cock out, they love it
3: <laughs> <laughs> at mags all pods on twitter there we go <laughs> for cock videos and twerking excitement uh you can follow me at sjp world media because my other twitter account i you know, I, I will use it of course, but this one's far more important at SJP world media. Cause it's not just a case of interacting with me from there. You get links to all the shows on the network, chain wrestling, nitro nights today, episode one. i say today it's Monday. If you're listening on the audio version, two days ago, um, Episode 1 of NXT The Rise on 4 with a fantastic, the King Joshua Goodwin, a UK-based independent pro wrestler. And we're going to be looking at NXT, the black and gold era, show by show by show, in a very similar format to Nitro Knights. It, we, we've just recorded episode 4 already, and it's really hitting its stride now. Hearing Joshua put forward why certain things might happen in the ring or not, in his opinion, he says himself, he doesn't know for a fact, but it's just a, a different slant on um how we look at things and it's i'm finding it so educational just sitting and talking to the guy i hope you enjoy the show as well episode one has dropped uh today at nxt rise and four again you get all of this just by following at sjp world media on facebook mm-hmm. or twitter it's that straightforward and then of course this show at chain underscore wrestling on facebook twitter instagram and that tick tock thing me and buy your merch i want your money Magsy. <laughs> I'm off now to re-watch Kane and Lita's wedding purely because of research purposes and nothing to do with what Trish Status is wearing at all, I promise. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Crafty Wank time.
1: You know what I mean? They passed me up could run it all, I don't mean. If there was <laughs> a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook when my DJ revolves it. Ice, ice, Poet. Miami's on the scene just in case you didn't know it My town, that created all the bass sound Enough to shake and kick holes in the ground Cause my style's like a